Damn. Yes. Awesome. That's fantastic. <clears throat> That's phenomenal. Ladies, I'm get closer. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 29 of your favorite podcast. And mine. Stakes is high. The Black Nerd Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I remain Troy Hunter, a.k.a. Tall Black Guy on the Twitters and all of that, a.k.a. Ill Gates, doing the thing, coming up from the South Side, going to give you some more of the podcast goodness. I am your boy Terry Gant, a.k.a. Doc Midnight, a.k.a. Dread October, and I didn't have to come from nearly as far. Welcome. Trader, E-Town, son. Well, E-Town. That's, that's and it was like, yeah, South E-Town at that. Okay. Yeah. The, the closest section of Evanston to <laughs> Chicago, because I don't really want too much of that North Shore on me. Oh. Lest it, I lose. It gets kind of... A thing happens. Yeah, yeah. A thing happens should I go too far north. I've it, gone it, about as far north as I probably can. It's grinding. Yeah. It can get grinded. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to give y'all some goodness. All right. Well, <laughs> okay. We're reading comments. We should learn to ignore funny noises on the internet. All right. We have things to talk about. We yes, have an agenda. We have an agenda. We got things we, 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 we get into. But let's, let's get into the agenda first and we can fall back to the, the tried and the true. Okay. Let's begin. Spoiler-free Captain Marvel. Spoiler-free Captain Marvel reviews. I thought it was awesome, for the most part. It was, for the <laughs> most part. Well, I go with for the most you part go because... Get, go give me But, but here's give why. Me. But, but only because I find that a lot of Marvel movies these days take a bit of a shortcut. Like, around anything important just to kind of give you, like, more of a formula, right? Okay. And this movie didn't give you more of a formula. In fact, as spoiler-free as I can make it, this movie subverted a lot of recent Marvel comic stuff that, like... Marvel writers have ignored to go really old school. Somebody said something to me the other day, like, um, um, somebody uh, messaged me and they were like, I have a question about the scrolls. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me tell you about the scrolls because the scrolls in the Captain Marvel movie are a lot closer to the scrolls as originally intended. Okay. Right? So everything you, you've learned about scrolls in, in recent memory is still true. Mm-hmm. It holds true. But a lot of the sort of like the metaphor behind the scrolls initially gets dropped in favor of the scrolls of just like kind of shapeshifters who are infiltrating Earth and trying to take over. Right. Right. So like that is who the scrolls have become, right? Through like the secret invasion story. They came here, replaced some superheroes, replaced some world leaders, and they basically have their own religion. And what they're gonna do is basically subvert, subvert, subvert. That is a thing the scrolls did recently. But when the scrolls originally started, what played out in that Captain Marvel movie, a lot of that attitude behind the scrolls was in the comics for the scrolls, right? That was there for them already, right? And the way the tree, the Kree come off was never really, nothing really changed there. They're basically an allegory for, uh, they're, they're an allegory for Romans, for Roman uh, civilization, for conquering, for expansionism, for being like everything comes through war and, and a caste system. Like that's pretty much, the Kree have always pretty much been that way, but that can be that way in comics because no one's ever going to accuse you of having an alien race that's too warlike, right? Because they might expect aliens to be warlike. Right. They, they, they might accuse you of having an alien race that, I mean, one could say, boy, you sure made those like a lot of very similar to Earth culture things. And you went with some, you know, kind of touchy narrative there, buddy. You know, they might they might say some things about you. Right. But like a lot of comics in the 70s and 60s were written from like this sort of using a cultural reference point that would be very familiar to the people who made those comics. And the scrolls fit that. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know that that part was cool. 
Um, I found Brie Larson's performance as Carol Danvers. I still say, and some part of me says, that Brie Larson is not the actress I would have chosen to be Carol Danvers. And that's mostly because my Carol Danvers reference point goes further back than the last six years of Carol Danvers, right? My Carol Danvers reference point includes 90s Carol Danvers and some 80s Carol Danvers and some 70s Carol Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, I in my head, it's like, if you can give me Brie Larson on Sigourney Weaver's, like, like 1986 body, maybe something like that is what I, you know? Like, okay. because she's she is, like, I have that, like, Kurt Busiek, George Perez, like, Warbird character in my head, right? I have the, when hanging out in the Uncanny X-Men in the, in the mid-160s when she was when she became binary. And she got this, like, star-like power after she lost her Ms. Marvel powers. I have that character in my head. I don't see Brie Larson as that, but I don't care when I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Brie Larson was a fine Carol Danvers and a great Captain Marvel. And all that shit worked because we got a, I got a character in Captain Marvel who didn't seem to have the baggage of trying to constantly work with the, the, the dregs of Joss Whedon's scripts from the 2009 Avengers movie. Like, that movie felt like I hadn't had, to, like, no other Marvel movie had happened when I was watching Captain Marvel. And it <laughs> felt like this predated all that shit, had none of its baggage, and I loved it. All that shit was great. In a weird-ass sort of way, I would like to know how we can make Nick Fury both younger and older at the same damn time. Because the Nick Fury I saw in this movie was, a, like... He he was he was he was somebody's like he was more mature but younger. He was somebody's comic book. Line. He was like somebody's comic book granddad with like a fake sportscaster hairline. Like that was weirding me the fuck out. You know how does <laughs> Sam he, Jack with the hairline? How does he look like like a like a, a mean lean Nick Fury in like 2016, 17, 18? But somehow we go back in the past to see that dude. They should have just cast someone else to be Nick Fury <laughs> in the 90s. If what I gotta get is Nick Fury looking like Lawrence Fishburne. I did not understand what was happening. Why does he look like the dad from Blackish? What is going on here? Why? I, I, I didn't get any of that. Uh, Monica, uh, Maria Rambo. Dope. Dope as shit. Nailed it. Dope as shit. Great. Like, I could see, like, okay, your daughter's going to grow up and become an awesome-ass superhero. I, I could see that. Right. Because she carried a good chunk of that fucking movie. Right? She did. She did. I liked, uh, spoiler free, a subversion happened. They, they subverted the Marvel thing. Right? Yeah. They gave Jude Law Marvel's personality, effectively, okay. and role, kind of, sort of, even though he was Jan Rog, right? Jan Rog is an entirely different Cree character who does this in the comics, and went with a, a Marvel role for the Lawson character that exists in the Ultimate Universe, not in the main Marvel Universe. Okay. So they gave you two Marvels, effectively, and stuck a Jan Rog in a Marvel body, right? Very cleverly done. You know, I accepted okay. all that. Okay. It, it, you know what I mean? You like, were, like, okay. So you were, you were good with... I could I could see what happened, and I was going, oh, is that where we're going? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Liked all of it. I'd watch it again. Would watch again. I wa- would watch again. Because the first thing I thought was, what problems did Terry have with the movie? And you were telling me you didn't have major problems with the movie. I don't give a shit about the cat. I understand that other people give a shit about the cat for a variety of reasons. I don't. I never gave a shit about the cat. I didn't give a shit about the cat as a cat. I didn't give a shit about the cat as not as, as a the cat, right? Like, yeah, like, I get that it kind of has to be there because this, it exists. Like, I get it, but I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't need that. And there was a few other things where I was just like, nah, really? But, like, I love the movie. Would watch again. Would watch again. Would watch again. I w- okay. In fact, 
when this character shows up in subsequent Marvel shit, cats need to bow down like, oh, that's an OG from out of space. Right? That's the way I feel like that should be. It should be, but no one knows who she is. She, she should come back and just straight shit talk Thor, Cap, Iron Man, whoever's around, where they're like, who are you, Underoos? What do you do? Nope, bitch slap. Get the fuck out of my face. I done done this already. Right? It's, nope, ain't having it, no, Mr. Man. Right? Oh, y'all failed fighting the space guy. Well, that's what I'm here for. Follow my lead. Here, I wrote my instructions out. I wrote it nice and simple for you, Stark. Fuck out of my face. Pow. Right? Which one of you assholes gave him the time stone? Right? Like, that's what I want her to be like. Right? Just, I don't know if Brie Larson can OG. do that, though. What's that? Brie Larson isn't that OG. This though. was my problem with casting Brie Larson. Because it was like, I, I don't know if I can suspend my disbelief enough. Like, I want Captain Marvel to be Glenn Close. Right? Because of what I want. You know, like, like it's, it's the attitude I want. I want just, like, I want Brianna Tarth to just come through, like, straight jacking foods. Like, we've had enough of this nonsense. You've made these fans watch 12 movies, and you've got nothing done. <laughs> I want that. Right? But I'm not going to get that. I, whatever. <laughs> Shit's great. I love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You are all brand as shit right now. Well, I mean, that's what you get for trying to, like, like pin a, pigeonhole a cat and, like, you know, put me in a box, right? You can't put baby in a corner. It don't work like that. That ain't how it work. It ain't going down like that. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened it and read it and said they were suckers. Like, that's how it is, you know? No. No. Oh. He's now writing these things. Wait. It's from the government. That's what you get. Okay, let's move it on. Let's move it on. Because I want to put you in the box if you didn't actually sit in the box like aforementioned cat. Like, let me sit in the box. You had a home in the box. You hated shit. You, well, you didn't hate it. You didn't like very large amounts of other things. Yeah, sure. So that's you with, with some, with, you put some, some, some pillowy shit in the box. This is and you will cuddle up in the box. This is episode 29. In my head, it's, it's season three, baby. You know? It's Swerve. Uh, yeah, you should have seen it coming. I am nothing if not contrarian. That's true. Yeah. So you're saying you're contrarian to being contrarian right I'm now? I'm on brand. No. Uh, yes. No. America will tell you. If you're a contrarian, and Stop now being, you're being a contrarian. I'm a contrarian contrarian. I'm a contrarian's contrarian. Contrarians look to me when they want to make a swerve. They text me. They'd be like, hit that dude up. What should I do next? Not what they thought. Okay, cool. I love how you're trying to work, talk your way out of this. Next topic. Next topic. Umbrella Academy. The Umbrella Academy hit your screens on Netflix at some point in the recent past. Recent past, yes. In the recent past. Mm -hmm. Um... Umbrella Academy is a graphic novel. It's got two volumes currently in print and a third volume being released in issues, which is about over, be collected in a couple months more than likely, right? Written by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame. He's written a couple comics. I like his comics writing, but mostly I like it only because as a comics writer, he writes like Grant Morrison, like somebody who was a big fan of Grant Morrison and Warren Ellis. So in that regard, like I kind of feel like I, I like the source material when I read Gerard Way, even though he's not as good as those guys. Okay. So, I give Gerard Way some chances. This show, I'm going to say I like the show, uh -huh, but and I want a season oh. two, if oh. for no other reason than to redeem the fact that I liked no one in this show. Yeah, this I think yeah. the only character in this show I actually liked was Ben. I like Ben, I like Vanya. 
I, I like Vanya. I Vanya didn't do anything wrong, right? Vanya was right. Vanya was treated like crap. Their dad can't be trusted, and her and her and her brothers and sisters are dicks. You know? Yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. For some reason, the Facebook thing doesn't actually scroll. So, is it not? It did not scroll. So I've, I've looked at like all these. Yeah. Hello, people. Um, we're we going to see this. Okay, so there are questions. About uh, so uh, I'll answer. So okay, I'll get to Brian's question right after we what we finish the the Umbrella Academy thing. Okay. All right, because Brian actually has a very good question. I think we, I can answer it. Um, so the Umbrella Academy as a whole, I had a thing where like. I didn't see these characters. They they sort of reminded me of the comic book versions of themselves, but they really kind of reminded me of like they went so royal Tannenbaums with it <laughs> that it was I just couldn't like anyone. No, I think and, I, and I was like, if if the world's the gonna end at eight, no, nah, like this, this isn't really the point. Okay, it, the point is like if you watch like shows like Deadly Class or, or Umbrella Academy, some of these other shows that are like doing an X Men like trope, but in a modern day where we can't trust the old dudes. Right, but we're the edgy cool kids who are going to like get through this thing together because we can't trust the olds, right? Yeah, like that's been a, like a, a trope in like genre for forever. Right, right. So okay. this show went with that. The trouble is, it didn't give us anyone we could actually root for. Like we can't trust the olds, but we got to believe in the the, the, the youth. Yeah. we got to believe in the main characters. But the youth don't like each other, and then we just have to deal with them being halfway through. Usually halfway through. They're working on it to the point where we believe they're capable of resolving the plot, right? At no point were any of these idiots capable of solving the plot. That's true. Right? One of them was so up his own ass, <laughs> right, that, like, he, 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 he stayed high. One was so up his own ass, he couldn't perform an actual investigation into a thing that involved, the, like, involved him directly. One was up his own ass so much that, like, even after realizing he was stuck on the moon for no reason, he just couldn't get it together enough to turn that shit around to help anyone else involved. Everyone was up their own ass the entire fucking time. The entire damn time. Yeah. Eight to ten episodes of staying up your own ass. And I don't, I'm not in it for that. But that, you can't do that. Right? I get it takes a while for characters to learn their powers or it takes a while for them to learn all the secrets of the nefarious organization they're fighting against. I get all that shit. But you are never guaranteed a second season. Right? This is what I always go with and write. Like, you, you're never guaranteed this audience is going to come back. You're never guaranteed you're going to get a chance to pull it all together. So pull that shit together and move on. Why was Mary J. Blige and, and the, 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 the brawny lumberjack man, why were they the only two competent characters who were consistently doing what they were meant to do the entire time? If the show was about them, this would be excellent. Right? If it was about them. If the donut lady... Mary J. Blige and the brawny dude were, if it was their show, they were dead on consistent the entire fucking time. That's true. But right? they didn't have inner turmoil to deal with. Right. Well, right. they did. They did. Mary J. just, Mary J. wanted to do her job. Got, just got to do a job. A man was like, you Found know, love with the donut lady. Yeah, and capitalism's a motherfucker. Right. Yeah. Right. Just trying to be a union dude. Yeah. Completely understand. And my girl Agnes was like, yo, I'm slinging these donuts. <laughs> hey, you can get these crullers, son. Yes. <laughs> Sprinkles, jelly, however you want it. Then we might hear some vegan donuts. I got these bear claws for you, brawny guy. That's what she was saying the entire damn time. But made sense to me. Yeah, that made, made sense. sense. Yeah. And Vanya, the, the violin playing sister, also made sense to me. Yeah. She made complete and total sense. Because she was as human as you right. could get. Ellen Page saved this show. <laughs> 
yet again. Ellen Page saves something else. So I was, I was, I, I watched episodic television, which I normally don't. I know normally does don't not do. watch episodic television. I don't, but all the season was done. So I we I binge watched it with my wife. It was a good time. We watched the shit. Um, you know, we took breaks to eat and shit, and then we came back, watched some more. I was I was entertained. I was entertained mostly at the fuck ups. Mostly, I was entertained at the fact that I didn't like anybody. Yep. Um, I appreciated five smart assness. Yeah. But that was pretty much you know because he's like I want to get this done and you fucks aren't helping me. Right. I appreciated that. I appreciated Mary J. Mary J. I appreciate the fact that someone went looked at Mary J. Blige's. You are going to be a contract. I saw somebody on, on my Twitter was like, "That was hilarious to me." Mary J can't act. Why is she in this show? And I was just like, "Shut the fuck up." Let Mary, Mary J can't act. You know, Mary J is five years away from being Ice T level acting ability. You know what I mean? Let Mary J do what Mary Let J does. Mary J can't dance, but Mary J was doing oh fine on this show. When Mary J was high and danced, I was, <laughs> all I could mind. think was dance. Hateration in the dancery, and that made me laugh harder. No hateration in the dancery, y'all. I was like, "Go on, Mary J, get that shit." I was entertained, Mary J, immensely. Mary J got Off a paycheck without having to sing a single hook. Yeah, I was thrilled for her. They used one song. They used one song of hers the entire song, the entire time, and it was it. I was good. I might have missed that shit. I was good. It was yeah, yeah. It was missable. It was fine. I don't even think I noticed it. But it was it was like it was fun. But I, I enjoy I enjoyed it just for the and I now that I know that the comic goes completely left of the actual show. Yeah. That things don't end the way they end right. the show and that kind of thing. You could you could I don't know if you could enjoy the comic, but one could enjoy the comic. I enjoy the I from what I've seen, I enjoy the, the art style. Because the art style is one I that think I would you have. would enjoy the art style. I yes. do enjoy the art style. Yeah. Yeah. Because on YouTube's yeah. there's a whole breakdown and yeah. da 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 about what the story is yeah. in the comics as it relates to the show. Yeah. And I looked at the arts and like, oh shit, that looks like some shit that Oh. Yeah, Gabriel brought. You can deal with Gabriel. So I can, yeah. I, I can fucks with it. Yeah. Um. But yes. Um. And the fact that I've, to my knowledge, I've never heard an actual My Chemical Romance song. I probably have, but I didn't know that was a Chemical Romance song. Whatever. Um. But the fact that you have someone who's like, hey, I'm a musician, but I write comics. Like, so so, I appreciate let, it. so let us back that part up. Before My Chemical Romance was a thing, he was an intern at DC. Comics huh. was the first thing he was doing. Oh. And then the okay. band became the second thing that he. Like if you look at it in his history, he'll say, okay. like like he was going for comics first, okay, and the band took off, huh. and he's more known for the band yeah, than being right. a dude in comics. So people like assume that sometimes people assume lots of things. They'll assume you got into the business because you knew this person or that person or whatever. The hell, that dude had connections and he's got skills. So like mm-hmm. even though he is like a he's a like a, a I don't know a pop punk like like singer or whatever the hell like Mike Kim is a good band with several three really good records, right? They have more than that, but like I consider okay. three of them to be really excellent. Okay. Two to be phenomenal. The third one people like anyway. But like the first one I can't fuck with. But like people will write him off as a writer because they think he's the rock guy doing okay. the comics thing. Okay. It's the comics guy who became a rock star who went back to comics. Okay. You know what I mean? I respect it. And and the, his his Mike Kim's albums when they were a band, their albums the kind of characters that were created in their albums would make really great graphic novel characters, right? I will say that the Danger Days comic that did happen was not as good as the Danger Days album was and should have been better. So I will put that on him. Okay. Yeah. yeah there might be more about My Chemical Romance and shit. That's <laughs> than I've never ever done <laughs> in my personal life. All right. Um, Brian asked a question about are we going to ever see the Shi'ar in the, in the MCU? 
I would say it's possible you'll see the Shi'ar in the MCU only because the X-Men are going back to Marvel. The Shi'ar being like a um, like an alien, a conglomeration, an alien empire. They're an alien empire mixed up, made up of different races, right? That the X-Men meet, and it, in the comics, they are the the group of aliens that kind of lead to the death of Jean Grey the first time around, right? Um, they have their own Imperial Guard, which are like the Legion of Superheroes before the Marvel Universe, um, which is why I love the Imperial Guard so much. The trouble with getting the Imperial, with the Shi'ar and the Imperial Guard, I guess, in movies is that, one, n now that the X-Men are back in, they're in the Marvel Universe and we don't know what form that's going to take, though, they're already doing the Dark Phoenix story, right? The Dark Phoenix story is happening without the Shi'ar, so what's the point of the Shi'ar? Like, how many X-Men movies do you have to have before you get to the space aliens that come for Charles Xavier to fall in love with one of them? Like, that's the point of the Shi'ar is Charles Xavier can't, there's no, by the time we meet the Shi'ar, Charles Xavier's already fucked it up with more than one woman on Earth, and it's the, a, a, a bird space chick that he falls in love with, and then that's going to be his, his, his future betrothed or whatever the hell, and she's the queen of the Shi'ar empire. So how, many, how much story do you have to, because that's the, that's the point of the Shi'ar, is we need Charles to meet her. We need Charles to meet her because she's trying to warn you about this horrible shit about to go down with Jean Grey. So if we're already doing a Dark Phoenix story, right, and we're already worn out by all the X Men shit for the last twelve years, booty, right? It looks booty. We're so worn out already. The what would be the point of the Shi'ar is my question. The only way you get the Shi'ar now is if you get more Captain Marvel movies, right? Because right. it's all about space alien empire stuff. Yeah. Carol Danvers can deal with them completely excised from any X Men continuity in the MCU. The Guardians of the Galaxy can deal with them. Right, completely without the X Men continuity, and that would make sense, right? Okay. Imagine that you got like a Justice League on steroids in space, <laughs> and a Lord of the Ring, like a not a Lord of, like a, a Game of Thrones situation, right? You have the Shi'ar Empire then, and that's the only context in the MCU that I see them working. You just need to put them in somebody else's movie, not an X Men movie. Okay. Will you see him? I mean, I didn't think there was a point in which you'd see, you know, I don't know, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Or the Guardians of the Galaxy ever mattering in this incarnation? So yeah, anything's possible. You know, you saw Howard the fucking Duck. Why nice. wouldn't you see? Right? Why wouldn't you see the Shi'ar Empire? You know, that's my view of that. Okay. You want to talk about Star Trek? Discovery? I do want to talk about Star Trek Discovery because oh my god, this show is so good. This show is great, you guys. Like, it's not even okay. Everybody's complaining about Discovery. A lot of complaints are like, it's not Star Trek. The hell it ain't Star Trek. It's real Star Trek. If it ain't Star Trek, I don't know what the hell it is. Because it's, it's so freaking good. It is, it's uh, 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 Sadiqa Martin-Green. I'm pretty sure that's her name. As like Michael Burnham. She is, there's things that happen in this show that I never expected. So, so uh, Michael Burnham is her character. And she's um, raised on Vulcan by Spock's parents. Right? She's human. Right, but something happens to her parents, so she's raised on Vulcan, and she's kind of like adopted by uh, Spock's parents. So she's raised by them. So she grows up with Spock, right? Okay. This, this is her background. She, she, so she's a human raised on Vulcan, as opposed to like a half Vulcan that right. joins Starfleet. Right, that's her whole thing. So, so her background is she's the human who wasn't supposed to cut it in the Vulcan Science Academy, and at some point she washes the fuck out, but ends up in Starfleet anyway. And season one, shit goes all dark for her. As a Starfleet officer, and then we learn they go to the Mirror Universe, all kinds of shit happens. They pull it all together. The cast in Star Trek Discovery is solid. This so so they have 
Michelle Yeoh um, playing a version of her character from season one, right? You've got her. She's already great. They added, for all the people who hated everybody in the Inhuman show, right? They added the guy who played Black Bolt. He's Christopher Pike, who is a character who does appear in the original Star Trek series. In fact, in the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, they revisit that episode of The Cage or whatever episode it is that Christopher Pike is in with the bulb head aliens who cast all the illusions and shit. And I didn't think they were going to bother with this because I was telling somebody else, I was like, well, when you're really confused about the timeline and how things happen, they have shown you the original Enterprise, but they didn't interact with it. Like, they went to the original Enterprise, but the crew were all gone because the ship needed to be repaired. Nobody was on the ship. I don't think they're going to bother doing anything weird, like introducing original series characters on this show. That'd be too strange. Then they fucking cast Spock. He's great. Another dude playing Spock. And he's got a beard and shit. Like, he's like a furry-ass face. This show is so good. They introduced Section 31, which is like... Like the CIA of like Starfleet, they do some cool things in this show. Do some weird shit. There's some weird shit. There's weird, it'll be some weird shit. I yeah. think I think the point where people are really confused is this show has the spore drive thing. Like you know the, the ship can like teleport. Because it, but it's the only ship who can't. Right? Oh. And it's why Starfleet wants this ship. To, it, they wanted them to stay out of the Klingon war because if this, if Discovery is destroyed, they lose all this technology that they developed. Right? And they want to keep it from falling into Klingon hands. Okay. They don't want Klingons the ability to teleport. Right? <laughs> so only yeah. Discovery can do it. So they kept it out of the war for the most part. Right? But okay. they, keep, they use that ability in unique and cool-ass ways throughout season two. Right? I would say the cast is diverse as shit. Right? The, the, the acting in the cast, solid. The, that crew has like three black people on the bridge at any given time. What? Yeah, there's like there's one brother who I swear thought he was gonna be a star point guard, but he's now like like communications dude. And there's this chick with like she's like like she 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 looks like Stephanie Vaughn, right? And she's got like like like, like she's got like like star, her hair does stuff, braids, right. I guess. But I'm using I don't know in my head there's different terms for these things, yes. and I don't want to mix terms up. So y'all ain't gonna catch me calling like like weaves not weaves and not weaves weaves because I ain't trying to get hollered at. Because I don't know like my sisters need to hit me before I start telling them what anything is, right? But, like, she's, like, helmsman or something. Then there's, like, a couple of cyborg people. And then there's, like, Michael Burnham herself and, like, one alien dude who walks off funny with his arms behind him. He's, like, the Doug, um, what's-his-face kid? Doug Jones? I guess the, the, the guy who always plays weird aliens. You know, like, in uh, um, all the Hellboy shit. Oh, that oh. actor. <laughs> who's all, like, always the weird, like, kind of monstery dudes. And uh, the, one, the movie that won the Oscar. I think it should have won. I thought it won the Oscar. Fish Sex. The Fish Sex movie. It happened last year, where the chick who couldn't talk fell in love with a fish dude, that guy. You are so uncultured, Troy. The fi- Yo, the fish sex movie. What was that movie called? <laughs> America. What's the name of the fish sex movie from last the year? The fish sex movie The Shape of Water. Last year. The Shape of Water. Oh. Yeah, that. The dude who, who played the fish guy plays a different alien dude in this shit, and he's really good at that, you know? I love this show. This is my, like... Now that SEAL Team isn't on anymore, you know, at least it isn't on right now. I don't know if it's coming back for the third season. Discovery is back, and this is my, like, what is the first show I got to watch when I'm sitting down to watch my shows? Is there a new episode of Discovery I can catch up on? This show is fucking great. Every episode is some old, old shit you did not level shit. If you're not watching this show, get over yourself and get to watching the fucking show. Yeah. Uncle Doc Midnight just said that shit. 
crazy contrarian, so don't no, do no, 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 no. Okay, the contrarian in me, the contrarian in me says, I don't necessarily always like shows where we have an established thing, but now we got to do a prequel to the show, right? I don't like that as a practice in general, right? I don't, I don't want to go back before the established thing to do the thing. To explain, I was annoyed when Lord of the Rings got three movies, and suddenly we had to have three movies of the Hobbit. I'm like, that ship itself. You either start with The Hobbit or you skip the fucking Hobbit. You do The Hobbit in flashbacks if you want to do The Hobbit, right? But I don't need, a, I don't need three movies for The Hobbit. You can make a Hobbit TV show, but it, shouldn't, it doesn't affect my Lord of the Rings movies, right? I feel like that should be a thing. Okay. I'm not a prequels kind of dude. Not a prequel, okay. I'm just not. Like, I mean, I get Star Wars is going to do that shit because we started Star Wars with episode four. At some point, we're going to episode one, two, and three. We just don't hope for the best, right? We trusted, and we were hurt. We will never love again. Yeah. Right. You know, that that there, that, it couldn't be avoided, but should have just been better than it was. You know, but generally that's my thing. I, I don't usually, like if Babylon 5 comes out with a new show and it's like, Babylon 5 is back, but we're going to show you what happened to Babylon 2. Then it's like, oh, damn it, really? I'm going to watch that shit, I'm but I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to be kind of cranky about having to do it. <laughs> you know, they're talking about Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones is going to get a new show, but it's going to be like, Game of Thrones the old people edition or whatever the fuck, you know. Game of Thrones, where, where the old steel was young steel. I guess. But by now, we've already seen all the stabby, incesty, fucking weird, aberrant-ass shit you want humanity to be. Are we now going to see the first law broken that put us down that road? I don't know if we need to. Or maybe we do. Or maybe we do. They clearly think we do. Which, they don't even think we do. They think you need to pay. Yeah. That's all that is. You need to pay. Pay up, suckers. <laughs> pay up, pay up. Troy has not watched Star Trek Discovery. I have not. Because <clears throat> I don't do Star Trek. Wait, at all? Historically, no. Really? really? Historically, you've avoided Star Trek. I've avoided Star Trek. I remember be- being a youth back in the day. and Wait, we got to do the thing. <laughs> right. We're going back in the day for no, Troy's youthness. No. <laughs> My youthness. <laughs> Young it's Troy some, in L.A. on the it, basketball it's court. It's in Southern Cali, in Southern Cali. No, I mean, I remember. Not going to the beach. Not going to the beach. Ever. One of the things my people did. Um, no, the uh, no, it's just because they uh, Star Trek was on. They had a block because they would run it at the same kind of block as Doctor Who. It was Star Trek, and it was something else. Let me scroll down. It was something else. Um, and I just never watched it. So I remember, you know, I remember looking at. Spock and Ura and and all those dudes and like oh, okay, it just wasn't a thing I did. Like it just wasn't. I get I got that people liked it. I got that people were really encyclopedic about what, it. What what sci? Well, okay, you wouldn't have been fucking with those people at the time. Okay, <laughs> what well, what sci-fi thing would you have been watching instead of Star Trek? I don't know if I did. Let's say you. Okay, well, did you just not do television sci-fi at all when, when you go? Because it was just wasn't a whole lot. I mean, not the one. It wasn't a. It was very bad. That's just like basically, it's practically filmed down the block from where you grew up. Yeah, crazy. Right, and you, you. So like, you know, we had it was dumb shit. Like I'm a metalhead, but even I watched Soul Train. Like lamp. Like ah, <laughs> because you, you had an obligation. <laughs> sister girl rocked the fro in the Soul Train line. And you're like, damn girl, you all hair everywhere. Why don't can you see? My man with the bell bottoms and all that. <laughs> Folks lip syncing their obviously lip syncing their shit. <laughs> and Don Cornelius and the fact that people always knew the jumble they always went right to it and like solved it within three he days. had to have told him 
He totally did. <laughs> he had to total. I saw some shit. It was like Yo, stuck with Carmine, Parliament okay. Funkadelic. It was like all these words. <laughs> it was all these letters. And they're like, Yo, son, it's Shaka Khan. Just when you and people there, were like, Dude, it's Shaka Khan. I'm like, There's a bunch of C's and K's. There are A's. 50 <laughs> letters on this board. And my man and homegirl just just did them right up real quick and kept yeah. dancing. Right. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but to That's your point, nice. like we had dumb shit. Like you know, we had Land of the Lost, um, Doctor Who. Um, did you watch Land of the Lost? I saw Land of the Lost came on right before Morning Cartoon started. Oh, all right. So you were, you so, were in preparation, like, right? For I your was, super friends. Thing I, is, I was okay. up early. I, I, was, I had to get out the house. I had to be out the house at seven thirty. The but my mom had to be at work at 7, so she woke up at like 5.30, got me up at 6. And so I'd be watching, like, it was Land of the Lost and Doctor Who, and I was like, this is horrible. I'm going to watch it because it's on and because I'm dressed already and, like, mom is running around trying to find her shit. Is this teenage years? Or this is like 14, 15, Troy? Or no. this is like 8, 9, This 10, is like 8, 9, 10, 11. Kind of, like, this is an elementary school shit. What year were you 10 years old? 87. 87, oh. Man, this is dark. <laughs> this is darker than I thought. Troy, yep. Troy. In 19, 1987 might be like part of like the best five year block for music in the history of music, right? But like for for nerd television, yeah, I get to that in a minute. I I, I stand by that shit, okay. but mostly because of my chosen forms of music. Okay, but hip hop is included. So in 1989, the number. <laughs> Another summer. How do the fuck you trouble? <laughs> All right, so so. What you're getting at this point is like primo cartoonage. Primo, because you're Pre- getting you're getting your Transformers, you're getting your GI Joe, you like are you're getting, getting your Voltron, Silverhawks, you're getting your, Thunder, your Thundercats, massively mass being the, the softer Canadian GI Joe. Yeah, right. You're yeah. getting all, but still you're getting it right. Yeah. You're getting your Bionic Six. We're, you're getting all of that. Uh, right. Like Robotech was being thrown down your throat, right. left, right, and you, center. You were clowning GoBots. Yeah, yeah, because it was wow. It was it was like shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was premium cartoon. Premium, it premium was cartoons. The PM Dawn. Voltron. Of cartoons. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh. Whack as shit. But one song. Everybody gets one song. Everybody gets Father MC got one song. Treat them right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, who remember that shit? Y'all remember that shit. <laughs> Father MC. Right. Anyway. So, <laughs> so, the point is, in this period of time, yeah. You also got Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. So you got like actual like modern technology I have people, CGI effects and shit. I, right, Star Trek. right, right. As opposed to like, you so know, you it back around, man. The, the visual like Daleks and shit like, really? The trash can is talking to you. is mad about, okay, what the fuck ever. And you had the Doctor Who and whatnot. I had friends who were deep in this shit, right? Because okay. at that point it was Star Trek and Star Wars. There were very few people sure. who, drew, yeah. who bridged both, even yep. then. Yep. And I was like, okay, whatever. I, I get the, the universe, the world building and you know, people who knew what planet this was and this thing happened. Cool. I had no problem with that. It just, I just didn't do it. Okay. I just didn't do it. But you were, so you were a comics guy, basically. I was, I was, I was a comics person at that right. point. You were a comics person. I was comics, like a sci-fi a music TV thing. Cartoons were cool. But, Cartoons okay. were cool. All right. Um, yeah. I've, let's see, I read a ton. Like, so it was, I, I dug it. I, I figured it was there, but I also figured this is going to be there 20 years from now. And look, it is. And, Particularly in case of Doctor Who. Because you referenced Doctor Who a couple times. Yes. And I would say that in 1987, you weren't even getting current Doctor Who. Like, you weren't right, getting no. you weren't getting seventh Doctor Doctor Who. Right? <laughs> you were getting 
probably still third and fourth Doctor Doctor. He won't be me. Yes, I remember. You were getting the dude with the white hair who looked like a vampire, like Dracula, <laughs> like who karate chopped everybody, who drove a yellow car, and you were getting the scarf guy. That's what you were getting. I remember. And, yes, I remember. And and you also would have been getting the broccoli guy, right? Like you would have gotten broccoli guy, fifth okay. Doctor. Yeah, okay. broccoli was popular. Celery, celery or broccoli? I think it was celery. Maybe broccoli. I don't know. Okay. Either way, you got one of those. Guys. Okay, right. You you here. Sixth Doctor, we didn't really get. He was the dude with the like little curly fro dude who everybody hated. He was kind of psychotic. Um, nobody liked him. And the Seventh Doctor is the little dude, the short, dark-haired cat um, in the uh, little bowler hat. He's Radagast in uh, the Hobbit movies. Okay. That's uh, Sylvester McCoy. So okay. if you're watching, if you could have gotten Doctor Who in in more or less real time, you would have gotten Sylvester McCoy, and you might have actually liked his episodes because they they tried to use modern CG effects, right? The problem would have been you would have seen them shits to be about the same effects as the opening credits of Saved by the Bell. And that might have fucked you up a little bit. So I don't know if you would have stayed with that. But in 1987, it would have been really hard to watch anything from 1966, 67, 68 and see that as entertaining sci-fi. Considering that like the original Star Trek series probably still had better effects than any of the early Doctor Who would have had. Right? So I could kind of see it in a way where by the time you're coming into it, watching the old shit, like that's gonna be looking yeah. like ass. Like I said, I had yeah, it, it looked like ass. Yeah. But like I said, I knew people who were into it, right? You yeah. like they were deep in it, and they were, they were quizzing each other, yeah. and knew all the shit. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I just it just wasn't my thing. Cool. Man, whatever. But like you know, you had you know Star Wars, and Star Trek. You had yeah. that kind of thing, and like I had seen Star Wars in the theaters. I had done all that because you have to kind of see Star Wars when it comes out or whatever. Right. My folks went to go see it, and like, went, this is kind of kind of bullshit, but okay, we'll just go. We'll drag the board. Yeah. Okay. So, it was, so that's, that, that was my, up. it was just, I had people who loved it. I understood the love. I understood wanting to get into something. Next question. But, yeah. Did you make a connection with the comics you were reading and those creators' love of Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when they talked about it. Because a lot of times in comics, they inserted those things in there, obviously. Yeah. Right? It mm-hmm. fucked me up a little. I was reading uh, Legion of Super is my favorite comics growing up, right? And I'd be reading them. And in one particular era of like kind of the, the, the late 70s or maybe mid mid late 70s, there was an era of Legion of Superheroes where instead of like being on Earth, being a bunch of super dudes defending the Earth from like alien attack or super villains or whatever, they're off in space on like spaceships that are clearly designed to be like the Enterprise, but upside down, right? Because Dave Cockrum was basically drawing upside down Enterprises for them to fly around on. And they had a fleet of them. Like, there are 23 members of the Super, uh, Legion of Superheroes, and they had, like, five Enterprises, right? Like, the Enterprise itself can hold 400 dudes, right? <laughs> he so wanted to draw Star Trek ships that he just gave these kids. They were teenagers, and they each got their own Enterprise, practically. It's like mom and dad came over and looked, you need a ship? Baby, go on to Venus in your own spaceship, baby. No. You know, go on, get out there and go to Saturn in your own spaceship, baby. Then what you gonna do? Take your little friends with you. You know, they're just passing out spaceships at Auntie Camp. You know, like that's what it was reading. Like I could tell these cats loved that shit. You know, because they would do, they would just put Doctor Who references or Star Trek references yeah. or Star Wars references in yeah. all the time in their comics, yeah. which sometimes made me go back and like check out some of that other stuff because it was in my comics now. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you gotta so you're mixing. Yeah, like yo, my peanut butter is in the chocolate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or or a lot of times, me growing up, I thought like I've discovered a cool thing, and only my comic book nerd friends are into this thing with me. But it's if the people who created this are also into it, holy shit, there must be more, right? Yeah. Because I would never think there was that's really valid. more. Yeah, that's valid. 
until some, some adult would be into it. Like my dad would say, um, I was watching Doctor Who because my dad would watch it. Like my dad would watch it with me sometimes. It'd be on PBS, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I would be watching it. My dad would come home and I'm watching Doctor Who. I'm watching Tom Baker in his scarf go out and be like Columbo in space, right? And my dad would be like, oh, Doctor Who is on. Him and his buddy Chuck, right? Oh, Doctor Who is on. Like, check this out. Like we used to watch Doctor Who growing up and I'd be like, how did you watch Doctor Who? It's on right now. What do you mean you watch? My brain was like, how could you have watched TV's morning and right the thing that I am literally watching right now? How did you watch this growing up? But I didn't know Tom Baker was the fourth doctor, right? I thought he was just the doctor. Okay. I was thinking, how many episodes must there be if my dad, who's yeah. like, you know, X amount of years older than me, watched it when he was growing up? That don't make any damn sense. But I didn't know the show started in like 1964 or something. You know right, I mean? right. 63. I didn't know it went back that far. I had no clue. In fact, I was real confused the day, the night that I was at home planning to watch Doctor Who. I'm sitting up. It came on at 11 o'clock. And 11 o'clock was like, I could barely keep my eyes open at 11, but I'm going to watch me some Doctor Who. Damn it. You know, it's the summer. I ain't got school on Monday. I ain't got school tomorrow, right. Watch, and Doctor Who comes on. The opening credits are not like anything I've seen before, right? Um, I think it was in black and white, which would have been in color before. And the dude they show me looks like Bill Clinton in a vampire outfit. And I'm like, whoa. Why is old Bill Clinton on my TV? We hadn't even met Bill Clinton yet, but my man looked like Bill Clinton, like in a, in a vampire outfit, and it wasn't Columbo in space with the scarf anymore. And that was the first time I learned Doctor Who didn't always look like the Doctor you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, sh- they, this, this is an old episode? What the shit? And there was no internet back then, right? I had to actually go to like a bookstore and read a book about it, right? Then I was real disappointed. Like, read a book. Read a book. Yo. <laughs> read a motherfucking book. <laughs> Not a sports Not a sports page. page. Not, Not a, a magazine. magazine. <laughs> so that's what I had to do. Okay. Figure this out. Right, right, right. You know, it, it really, it messed me up. You know no, what I mean? It was on Wikipedia. Like, yeah. If it didn't show up in the encyclopedia, like, but the then, world will but join But something that I heard my dad and his friend talking about made sense. My dad, my dad and Chuck would say, oh, it didn't look like this when we were growing up. I thought that just meant it was in black and white. Okay. I didn't know they meant it was a different actor. It was a different guy, yeah. It was a different dude. Like, like, like the TARDIS they recognized, or the, the robo-dog they recognized, or the bad costuming they recognized. Yes, right? the bad cop. But, but they, didn't, they didn't say it used to be a different dude playing this cat. So then I understood, oh, shit, this would have been on when they were, like, in high school or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they would have been watching it. Oh, holy crap. So me and my dad would watch Doctor Who, like, at times, you know, and then he would, like, wander off and fall asleep, and then I would go fall asleep. And there was, like, years where I saw the beginning of every Doctor Who, but never the end, because I'd be asleep, you know? And shout out to Dave Allen at large. I had to watch that shit to get to Doctor Who. And, man, that there was straight-up comedy with a dude with a cigarette and a scotch just giving you the business. Dave Allen was a jam. All right. Okay. I'm overtime on my little counter here. Okay. I got a counter. Troy didn't know that. Next up. The C two E two preview. C two E preview is just the fact I, I find it. So I'm going to I'm going I'm going on Friday because I can't handle Saturday. All right. And Sunday usually is the time where they just people just want to get rid of shit. All right. So I'll do Friday. I logged about eighteen thousand steps last year. Stayed about four oh, hours. Yeah, I was doing the thing, baby. Um. Uh, this year though, I'm being adventurous. I'm okay. going on Friday. I'm going to stay there my three four hours. Then I have a show to go to, Legends of Hip Hop. Later on that night, so it's gonna be a full. full are, are the legends full of hip hop playing at like Reggie's, like near C2E2? You guys see? Okay. A short lift ride. Yes. Yeah, okay, all right. So I'm good with that. Yeah, all right. Um, that'd be good. So it's the fact that I'm going, it's a full day at this point. Um, I am finding amusing that there's a Clueless reunion, and my man, yo, yeah. 
yo, there are people who I who are going specifically for this, and I just go, okay, you know, hey, you know, get money. That's cool. I love the fact also Paul Rudd is going to Paul Rudd originally was going to be there for a day. And then I think someone asked Paul what what else he'd be doing, and he's like, nothing. He says, we'll just come all three days. He's like, cool. So it was like, Paul Rudd, all three days. <laughs> Paul right. Rudd ain't got shit else to do. Nothing else to do. He ain't got shit else to do. <clears throat> I will be at CTE2. Um, I'll be there all three days. So I'll be there on Friday. We can kick it on Friday. Um, but my CTE2 secrets are I don't do panels. Nah, fuck that. In the entire, well, in the, in the, Nine years so history of C2E2. I think I've ten. done 10, ten, ten years. Ten years. This, is the ten so. year, this is the 10 years. I remember, this, I, I remember when we were at the McCormick spot across the way. Yeah. It was on it was Year on, one, it was, I had a booth, yes. right? Yeah, yes. I did a booth. I remember I, that. I did East, East McCormick. I set up. I set up the first year. I remember, and yeah. that was like a big deal for me. It was like, it was I now yeah. am, I've set up at a convention that I went to on field trips as a kid. I have a booth at one of these things now. That was really trippy to do that. And I, I've never done it since. Because as a retail establishment, it is too expensive for me, given the way I do business. I, it did not Economically, it does not make sense for me to do that show. But um, I love being at that show, but I have to manage the, the amount of time. Or, or I have to manage the energy drain energy. of a show like that. It's, it's a mad right? energy drain. Solely that. So my, my method of dealing with C2E2 is I am there on Fridays. Friday's the day that I go and I, I shake hands and hug tightly the people I haven't really seen in a year, right? It is also a day where I'm kind of previewing to myself if there's any cats here who might be local who I can get to do future events at my shop, who I can work out something, anything. Okay. Whose books I can put in my shop, even, right? Okay. Um, Saturday, so and so that's my Friday. Friday's the day that I can hang out with my people who've only got like a one-day badge, right? If you've only got a Friday badge, we could kick it on Friday, right? <laughs> my methodology for Friday is I would walk in the front door, I would do a circuit, of the the show floor okay. and artist alley, and once I do one round, I gotta go rest, have a have like a hot dog and a beer or something, right? And I will go back in and do it again. Now, come Saturday, I start off the day on painkiller, cause I just know I'm going to be hurting from Friday. Let me just pop a couple ibuprofen right now, right? Pack me a bunch of water and, and Gatorade in my bag, cause Saturday's the gladiator day. Right, you got to go in with elbows. You just got to, <laughs> right, right. You know, you got to just dive in. I can't, I can't do that. You know, it's I, gotta, can't, it, I couldn't do that. Man, it's, it's Damon Wayans describing what what going to, and, and being in a mosh pit is like. You just got to jump in, pop. Like, oh, you're Deadpool. Are you take this, pop? You know, I'm trying to get in the Funko Pop. Pop. You just got to be like that because it's just a madhouse on Saturday. It's a madhouse right? on Saturday. Saturdays, <laughs> my my day is usually spent kind of walking in, identifying which path has the least people, that is a path I will take. I, there, are, there are areas of C2E2 every year that I never get to see because I'm avoiding a giant block of people. Somebody will be like, oh man, I got this awesome thing. They were just handing away X-Wing fighters, full-size X-Wing fighters. You could own one. <laughs> you just had to be in that corner of C2E2 over there. And I'd be like, I didn't, I didn't get over there. Well, how did you not get over there? They're giving away a full-size X-Wing Because there were 20,000 motherfuckers over there. I'm not going over there. That's how you get diphtheria, man. You get whooping cough in that crowd. Hell no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm avoiding all of that. You know? I'll take this nifty Pikachu keychain. Thank you very much. My C2E2 was amazing. You know? I'm never going to go over there and do that. Nope. I will avoid that like the plague. Because that's the way you get the plague. That's where the plague happens. All my friends are always every year like, I got kind of crud. I mean, because you let humans touch you a lot. That's why you got the kind of crud. 
I don't get the Conqueror because I avoid that. <laughs> I might have a kidney stone attack, but I won't have Conqueror. You know, that's what I do. That's my Saturday. And on Sunday, I reluctantly drag my sorry ass out of bed. Right? Me and the wife, we go down there. And she'll go, oh, what's that thing over there? And I go, you don't want to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the dire warnings. Sunday is dire warnings day. Honey, we can go down there if you want to. But I'm saying you don't want to. Why? How bad can it be? That's where the hell hounds are. They're surrounding a giant-sized X-Wing fight. <laughs> See all the bodies? <laughs> don't go. It's full of hell hounds. Just don't do it. <laughs> That's my Sunday. And then Sunday's the day I get my shopping on. Okay. I buy, like, all my cool Silver Age shit, my early Bronze Age all my like, I just some every year I pick like a character or a group, and I buy any comics of theirs I see, you know. Doom Patrol, I'll just go out there and straight Doom Patrol my shit. I buy all the Doom Patrol comics I see, right? I'll be like, one year was like Thor. If I see any Thor comics for less than five dollars, they were made prior to 1987. I buy them shits, right? I did that one year, okay? Because that's how that's how I got all the comics in my house that I don't need right now. Yeah, all of that. And you just want to re- just re- repeat the process re- every year. Repeat the po- process. Name me a character, and this year I will find, if I see his appearances, I will get them shits. Yeah. Havoc. This might be my Havoc years. Havoc in that comic, I'm buying it. I want Cyclops' younger, more sensible brother, and all of his appearances. Strangely, this wouldn't work, though, because I have pretty much all of his appearances. Havoc, I guess. Like, yeah, but I mean, but just, just the fact that you just, yeah. on top of the dome, like. Yeah. That, that, is, easier, that is easier than looking for holes in my collection. Yeah. Right? How do you keep track of your system? You just remember what you got? By looking, by remembering the covers. Oh, or, or the era in which it would have come out, I would have said, I was buying this comic in this era, so I know I own it. Right? Okay. Like, I wouldn't need to ever buy, like, the Avengers. For any Avengers issue from 1981 to 2001, I don't have to buy, because I already know I have it. Right? And any Avengers issues from 1973 to 1971, I might have at least one copy, and in some cases two. That era of the Avengers was so good that sometimes I just buy an extra copy, right? Okay. Defenders might not be the case. So for Defenders, I might just go ahead and pick one up because I, I might have it and I might not have it, right? But mostly I was when I was collecting comics, I was always a team comic collector, not a solo comic collector. So right. for most teams, I'm down. Okay. But this year I go in there and I just jump into Teen Titans and it's like Silver Age shit. I can buy almost any of that because I don't own it. I was too young. I got some of it, but I don't have a lot of it. That's what, Doom Patrol is a good example of that. The same era. Right? Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, I got all. Full room. Right? Don't need any of that, right? Okay. Yeah. Legion of Superheroes, I own all of it. Two copies, some cases three, right? If I see it in the right era, I might buy it again anyway because somebody's selling it for two bucks and I can't let that go. I got to liberate it. I got to free that comic. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> now, what we didn't talk of, we didn't touch on for C2E2, we, don't, we didn't touch on like who's at C2E2 and none of that because I never, I don't pay attention to who's there. Well, I don't look at celebrities. I don't do celebrities. I don't. I don't do lines. Clueless reading. So I don't do celebrities and lines. <laughs> I don't pay attention to who's there. I have no idea. I just I go no to. Ar- I go to Artist Alley. That's pretty much all I do. So, but yeah, and half the people in Artist Alley might be friends of mine. So the other half, though, I meet cats who are like really interesting people all the damn time. That I had no idea they even had stuff. So I love going through Artist Alley. A lot of times, it's it. it, it and you got to do it every day. You got to do it multiple times. Yeah. Because there might be people in front of your table. On, on Friday, yeah. right? Well, on Friday, you can talk to almost anybody you want to, but on Pretty Saturday, there might be people in front of your table the first two times I pass, and I don't see you, right? And when I come back late on Saturday or I come back on Sunday, suddenly you're there, and I'm like, holy shit, you were here the entire time. I wish I didn't know, you know? Yeah. 
I would like to kick it at somebody's industry party, though. I don't usually do industry parties because I don't think I get invited. I don't think it's, it's nothing personal or anything. I think that, like, I'm so wiped out that when I hear people even thinking of going to a bar, I just go home, right? Like, I've, I'm so out. But, like, if, if, somebody, if, if somebody's got an industry party going on and you are within earshot of my voice and you're like, no, no, we're going to go to this place near Reggie's, but not Reggie's, but, but not near Reggie's. Reggie's and we're going to have some, like, whiskeys or whatever, and we're going to hang out with this dude who you know and that dude who you know and this person who you know and that person who you know. Like, remember me. If you see me, just invite me, and I'll probably show up instead of coming home. Because I just don't – I've never done an industry party. It's a 10-year anniversary. I feel like i got to crash somebody's party and embarrass myself. Why don't you just crash a party and not embarrass yourself? Is that possible? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. You met me? Possibly. I will embarrass someone. Okay. All right. Possibly not me, yes. Yeah, that's not me. Right, well, you don't have to be you. Possibly not me. Let's throw it out there. Just shut up. Mike Norton, what are you doing at the C2E2? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Let's move it on. Mike Norton is not going to invite me to shit. Nah. <laughs> Let's not with that preface. Like, I might embarrass somebody. Hey, Mike, Mike Norton, Norton, I'm coming for you, ninja. Harlem Heat's getting inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Okay. Have we never talked about the the best interview, the best accidental interview ever given in the history of pro wrestling? All right. This is, relates to black nerd shit. The Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat is Booker T. Wrestler Booker I, T. I know Booker Currently, T. He's a, you know, do you know his brother, Stevie Ray? No. All right. His brother, Stevie Ray, is an amazing commentator, right? It, it, he's really good at commentating. He does not currently work for the WWE. Has a podcast, but whatever. As a tag team in the 90s, they were one of the most dominant pro wrestling tag teams in the, in the business, and they were two massive, like, six-foot-eight-inch brothers from Houston, Texas, right? Really good. Booker T and Stevie Ray. Right, right. There is a point in which the Harlem Heat, who were heels, they were bad guys. They were, they were um, their manager was sensational Sherry Martell. They are wrestling, I think, I think they're wrestling Hulk Hogan and, like, Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan and Sting or whatever. But Hulk Hogan was involved, Right. And they're doing a promo, right? And they are, they're describing to their opponents that they are going to kick the crap out of them at whatever next pay-per-view, like Bash at the Beach or something like that, right? They're, they're coming for them. They're going to beat that ass. Here it is. You ain't know what was coming for you. You want the Harlem Heat. Now you got the Harlem Heat. We're going to get them belts, right? So this is happening, right? This promo is going on. And the promo is ending, and everything's going fine. And right before it ends, Booker T is so geeked for this because it's going so well. He's just ready to throw down. He turns to the camera and he says, Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, ninja. But he, he didn't say, say ninja. ninja. <laughs> he does. And this was live. And, and the second he says it, he, he turns from the camera, puts his hands in his hands like this, like, oh, shit, what did I just do? Right? Sherry Martell, who is white, looks down and she's dying. She's dying. And, and, and Stevie Ray tries to keep a straight face, but he can't. He just, like, looks away and, like, holy shit, did that just happen? Right? And they get through it. They get through it. It's over with. It's on YouTube. You got to watch it. It's amazing. It's amazing. So every so often, I use this promo and I reference it because it's so good. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, ninja. <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> yep. It's great. Hulk Hogan talks about it. Like, there's interviews with Hulk Hogan where they ask him about that. So, remember that time that Booker T called you the N-word? He goes, well, I remember when yeah. he, well, Hulk Hogan also has used the N-word. Yes, uh-huh. Yes, yes he has. Yes. Correct. Yeah, but a different context. 
Different and, context. Yes, different context. Mm-hmm. Yep. He didn't mm-hmm. think anybody was listening. <laughs> yeah. See, they, people say lots of things they don't think you're listening. You know, and they don't think that counts. <sighs> you weren't supposed to know I said this horrible ass thing about you. How can you be mad? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We will skip the next thing. Okay. Because they don't really, we're going to go to, since we're on black wrestlers. Okay. Black okay. wrestler alert. We, should, we have an effect where we get closer to the camera. It's so like, you know, things are happening. That's on you. That's on me. You know, but, but, but. my phone is Damn. the effect. Okay. All right. All right. Black wrestler alert. Okay. We'll figure this thing out. Okay. I'll, I'll make an effect for that next time. That's fine. Kofi Kingston. He is one third of the pro wrestling triumvirate called The New Day. Uh, yes. Lately, with uh, with Biggie Langston and, and Xavier Woods. And they have been fan favorites and and, and beloved for like many, uh, like several, couple years now, right? Right. They come out in all kinds of crazy-ass get-ups, and sometimes they dress up as Dragon Ball Z characters. They throw pancakes to the audience. They have their own brand of cereal called Bootios. Like, never, don't ask. Um, it's fucking no, ridiculous. Um, but Kofi Kingston got put into a main event match recently, um, the Elimination Chamber, like last month, with Daniel Bryan, who's the, the WWE champion, um, and a bunch of other prominent wrestlers for the company. He got a shot at like kind of like the top-level shit, right? Because another wrestler from Chicago, Mustafa Ali, was injured. So he took Mustafa Ali's spot, right? In Kofi Kingston's recent history, he has never come off like a main event caliber ass dude. But every year at the Royal Rumble, every January, this dude finds new and interesting ways to not be eliminated from a battle royal. In which you get thrown over the top rope, your feet touch the ground, you're eliminated. That dude has been thrown over the top rope, uh, landed on his hands, and like hand walked himself to the rail. He has run across the rail to dive back into the ring. He has used an office chair as a pogo stick to not touch the floor. He's done every cool-ass thing in the world to make fans pop for him every year. So when he got a chance to get put in that match, fans were like, holy shit, Kofi Kingston. Now, my problem with Kofi Kingston is I did not buy that Kofi Kingston could beat Daniel Bryan for a title and therefore carry the company as a champion. But I think it is possible under one condition. Kofi Kingston needs to turn heel. Kofi Kingston right now is a fan-favorite wrestler who everyone cheers and they, they love him, but they love him because he throws pancakes and wears curly-toed iron chic shoes, right? Like, they love him because he dresses like a unicorn and goes super safe. They love him because of his goofy, nerdy antics, right? But I think for his character, that next level for his character to evolve needs to make people hate him. Go anti-nerd, right? Is where I think he needs to go next, right? Don't know if the WWE's willing to do it, but I think it's time because if anybody's earned it, this dude has earned it, Right? He will sell less t-shirts in the short term. Right? That that's a pocketbook for wrestling. T-shirt sales matter. Right? He will sell less t-shirts in the short term, but he will find himself at the at the probably at the end of bigger paydays down the road because I think he's capable of being the kind of heel that people will pay to see get beat because he will literally trash their dreams. He represents actual fandom dreams. As the wrestler he is now. Strip all that away. Let him say he has done with all that because it held him back. And let him go full heel, right? Make the same kind of leap of that take the same leap that, that Shawn Michaels did when he left the Rockers and became Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Like The Rock did this at some point, right? Everybody, every great wrestler went from being like like someone the fans cheered to someone the fans hated and used that as a springboard to create a new character to really get over. Once that turn happened back, once the turn came back around, okay. I think it's time for Kofi Kingston to do that. There we go. Right. That's my Kofi Kingston. My black wrestler alert moment. Black wrestler alert. Black wrestler alert. 
y'all get to that shit. Yeah. We'll come up with a graphic with some kind of effect for it. We'll level up. And now, the news. <laughs> the news. We discussed this. I think this is a good plan. I think it's a good plan. I will, I will, I will, I will give you this. So apparently, they, they're actually casting. Yep. And the Wu-Tang Clan is going to have a movie. Now, they've, I've, I've seen they've, they've, they've uh, cast Meth. And they didn't cast Meth to be Meth. They didn't cast Meth to be Meth, which is weird. But Jay, but um, Jay and Silent Bob are doing a reboot with Meth, Meth and Red. Yep. Um, so uh, I still have to see how high I get. I've, I haven't seen how high I get. I own it on DVD. You want it? I borrow it. I I can give I can give it back. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, I got a I got a business deal for you. That's not so upfront. Is it the kind of business deal they can hear? Or is it like just shady enough that we should talk about it off camera? Well, uh, off camera. Okay. Right. Okay. Nothing was mentioned here. I have to remember. You heard nothing. Anyway. But so, it turns out to be amazing. We'll, re- we'll reference it again. Okay. So, um, those of you who, you know, who are familiar with Wu-Tang Clan not being nothing to fuck with, also the beginnings of the, the, the 36 Chambers, who are familiar yes. with the 36 Chambers. Yes. Remember, uh, and the, 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 you postulated this. I said, I totally agree. And any Wu-Tang Clan fan would agree. Yep. There's only two conditions under which this Wu-Tang movie should ever happen. There are two things that must be included in this movie. Thing number one, you cannot have a Wu-Tang movie if you do not cast and fully film the segment on what happened to the killer tape. Killer tape. We need to know what happened to the killer tape. We need to see Meth's crib where Meth has a party where cats are just hanging out and all of a sudden some dudes come over with 40s and blunts and the killer tape just come up missing somehow, right? You cannot do this if we do not address what happened to the killer tape. And I say I know who gets cast as a dude who walks off with the killer tape. It's got to be that dude in the Malcolm X movie who's in the back of the car on the way to kill Malcolm X who's got the salt off. That dude is shady as hell in everything he's ever in. I don't know his name, but he's shady the moment you see him. When you see that dude come into your house, something no good about to happen. No one. His own family shouldn't let him. At Thanksgiving, they should give him turkey in the garage because that dude is never up to any good in any movie he's ever been. Whatever his name may be. Whatever his name may be. Uh, whoever know, he is. I know exactly what it is. Right. I know exactly what it is. The second I describe that yes. dude, you can see his face, right? Yes. Right. He kind of looks like like a, like a like an evil version of that dude from Fine Young Cannibals. Damn. Yeah. Right. He looks like that. That's a, that's a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Okay. He looks like that dude, right? Everybody gets one song. Everybody gets one. <laughs> The other thing this movie needs is you also have to film straight up like The Wire, like like Homicide, Life on the Street style. You got to film what happened to Sean Meek from 212. Sean Meek just straight got butt. Is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> Fuck you, maybe <laughs> fucking dead. <laughs> Fuck you, think. <laughs> he laying in the street like a goddamn newborn baby. Dude, like a newborn baby, God. <laughs> it must be filmed. It is not a Wu-Tang movie oh, if we don't know what happened to the killer tape right. in real time and if we don't see Shamit get bust from 212. If we don't see these things, it is a bogus-ass movie. It's a bo- uh, uh, look, I think we take this to the internet streets and inform other people so they can be... I think they people know this, but they just may not remember. They might not remember. You can't, you can't do a movie about the life and times of public enemy without doing someone getting a letter the other day from the government 
and when they open it and read it and it say they're suckers. You can't you can't do it. It's just not there's just no way. You know? Maybe there's rule, just no way. Maybe canon. It may be canon. It has to be it's part of the fabric of the thing you were about to like, you know, do. It when when that when the straight out of content movie happened, a part of me was upset because there was no point in the beginning in which one witnessed street knowledge. Right? I wanted street knowledge to actually be witnessed. I wanted at some point Dr. Dre, right, and Ice Cube and MC Rin and Yella and Easy to be sitting down on a street corner where some old gray beard was just kicking them street knowledge. And then they used that street knowledge in the situation so we would witness the strength of said street knowledge. Okay. I get I get you. I get you. Having seen the movie, owned it, all that good stuff. It's no how high. It is, it is, it is I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I agree. Anyway. I'm but, saying it's no how but, high. But, but I get you. I get you. Um, or the soundtrack. The soundtrack is how high I would go. Um, but you do get, I, what I do love about that movie is the reaction shot, the reaction shots to No Vaseline. Okay. Fair. Because that, when No Vaseline dropped, yep. when Ice Cube, when Ice Cube left NWA, we knew it was acrimonial. No Vaseline. And it was, it was back in the day Vaseline. with the source and all that. And so the source is reporting on it like, oh, tensions, tensions, whatever, whatever. And then Ice Cube dropped death certificate with the bomb squad. He went out to New York, worked with them, worked with the bomb squad. And at the end of that album was no Vaseline. And it was seven minutes of straight fire. fire. It was fire. Oh like, my it was, God. It was like that, that was the end of that feud. We knew who won that shit. Well, like, well, okay and, then. And we're done now. Right. It was the first ethering in the history of hip hop. So like, good. <laughs> and ethering had happened. And we didn't realize we'd seen an ethering. Right. Before ethering was a Before thing. ethering was a thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that had happened. Because we had had like Kumo D and LL. Yep. We'd, we'd had all, you know, all the New York people would be for each other. Cool. For whatever but reason. This yeah. was the first West Coast based thing where you can say anything you want to say after this because it makes no difference. Yep. Because you are done now. Yep. Your careers are done now. Mm-hmm. And it was just, ah, ah, ah. He, he laid it out there like a legal case. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was pretty foul. Oh, my God. Nicely done. It Nicely was, done, Ice Cube. It was awesome. You it may not be a barber awesome. in any movie in which you like to be a barber. Yes. You know, yeah. you know, be, you know, you know, go with a cat with an AK, and now we're doing kids' movie. Cool. Yeah. Cool. We can do that switch. That's fine. Yep. Um, I, oh, I love that. Anyway, but yes, but I would say that even though you did not get the street knowledge, kicked, I still think you got a good. Sure. Sure, you got, sure. You got a good. Just saying. Good little thing. Just saying, yeah. Good little thing. When, when great hip hop albums start with a thing, yes. I like to see the thing played out in the hip hop album, in the hip hop movie. Okay, album. I get you. I get you. It's my new, my new thing to hang my hat on. Okay, okay. That's all. Okay, good. Mostly it works for things like getting a letter the other day from the government mm-hmm. or like, you know, Sean Meek from 212 with a killer tape. Like, you know, I'm just saying. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm I sure re- there are other examples. I respect it. Hip hop fans would have to like actually get me back at me with like other examples they can think of. You yeah, know. I mean. Yeah. Kendrick getting jumped by you know, Shamika and her, her boys. <laughs> her boys. Yes. Um, that happened. Um, any number of, you know. <laughs> Should there be a movie made about Kendrick? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yes. That. Right. Include that. Yes. Yeah. You know, a movie. No, let's not do pop movies. I don't want to go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Um, hmm. More news. Um, news! Yeah. R. Kelly's ass needs to be up under the jail. Well, Done. All right. All right, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, Nancy Pelosi's pissing me off, but I don't... Our, our topic is, fuck 
do you mean we can't impeach? <laughs> what? But <then laughs> really? You, but then you said lol. I did say lol. Because, like, we we couldn't have... There's, there's no possible way, after the last two-plus years, you get to a point in which your job as the House mm-hmm. is literally just to hold a trial. You, you, you throw down, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. even like the trial. You basically... You just vote to do a thing, honestly. The trial is in the Senate, yeah. right? You don't even have to have the trial. You just have to you have to decide a trial should happen, right? That's all you got to do, right? This is simply that. Impeachment is just that process, right? It's the, the Senate needs to go through the trial then and then vote to remove. But if you are telling me that after everything you've seen, this the, possibility, the, the possibility of just because it's a shadow that you lose, that they won't vote to remove, right? That That is the reason why you won't go for impeachment. I find that to be some weak sauce-ass shit. Yeah. Because it doesn't make a difference what they will do, right? Right. You have to do what you, you got to do, yes. right? Yes. You hang their failure on them, right? But you can't fail to recognize the Constitution has been broken and that the American people have been robbed, right? You can't, you can't fail to recognize that the Constitution's been broken, international law has been broken, right? You awesome. can't fail to recognize this motherfucker's flaunted all of these things in your face for three years. Like, that, to me, you're saying we'll just beat him in the next election. I say, well, fuck that. Like, that's not what the, the American people don't want that. The point of changing the Congress, right? The point of changing the Congress is to make that move forward. There is no point... To everyone getting to Congress as a block and taking that shit over, if you are not willing to do the very next damn thing there is to do, which is take Mueller's evidence, take your own evidence, right? Take the admissions that he himself has made, subject number one, right? Take his fucking ham-ass, ham-fisted-ass, like like Scooby-Doo-level criminal bullshit, right? If you can't take those things, right, and, and move forward with, let's get this done, What's, is it harming What's America? It, it can't possibly harm America more than the, the dog and pony show that you put us through with Clinton, right? I remember that. Like, like, I don't care if it takes two years. This, these things, these crimes aren't that crime. At all. You are not saying there was no crime. You are saying that they won't go through with their part should we do this, so we'll get them some other way. Fuck that. This is how cats get jumped in the alley. Right? They tried everything else. And what you're telling me is, I got to get my brother, cousin, Nim to come up here and do something. Beep, boop, boop. Then that's what we got to do here. Right? That's where we at. Because come on, son. You cannot be. No, no, no. Nancy, 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 Nancy. You need to sleep on that shit. You need to sleep on it. I don't know if you got to go home, like chop up some hot dogs, put that shit in your spaghetti. I don't know. I don't know how comfort food you got to go with it. I don't know if you got to go to like like some Jello mold. I don't know if you got to watch it wiggle and watch it jiggle. I don't know what you got to do. I don't know if it's got to be like like, like cut your chicken tenders into shapes and shit. I don't know if you got to like like put the salami and the cheese on the bread and put that on the skillet with the butter and you like toast that shit on nice little two sides. So you feel like you're in summer camp. Do what you got to do to get comfortable. And you get to fucking work. Cause this is some bullshit. I know Mitch ain't doing shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? But at the very least, make Mitch not do shit. How comfortable must you be to do the one thing flipping the Congress was meant for? Right? Flipping the Congress ain't meant for arguing socialism versus capitalism. Right? I didn't 
can't send a damn person to Congress and be like, so yo, how about that minimum wage? Because I know the billionaires don't give a fuck about that. Right? We argue that down in the trenches and shit. Yeah. Would I like it to be better for everybody? Yes, I would. But first, can we get that, that, that like, can we, <laughs> you know, I don't want that dude on the ticket come 2020. You know, let's move this shit the fuck along. I had to deal with eight years of my president being called subhuman while breaking no laws. Right. Right. Happily, having no indictments. Happily married. No scandals. Two kids. Right. I have personally had more scandals in the last eight years than Barack Obama. Are you proud of that? Facts. <laughs> just facts. <laughs> just just laying facts. out straight facts. Just facts right Laying here. out facts. That's Hashtag all I'm saying. Facts. facts. Just laying out facts. I have gotten myself into more dumb shit than my president did, right? In the last more scrutiny. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I was not capable of staying out of some bullshit more times. And that, like, my president was in no Facebook beefs, no Twitter beefs. I was in some Facebook beefs. I was in some Twitter beefs. I've been blocked, right? Know me? Like, like, that's all I'm saying. Like, like, I have made poorer choices than my president did in the eight years in which he was in the office. Right? That, that, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Right? Okay. I broke no crimes. No. That's your limitation. Right. I broke no crimes, but my man here did. That's all your job is. Look at the shit the founding fathers, who may have also owned humans, wrote down as to what high crimes and misdemeanors were. See if them shits was like broken or, or done. And we know they were. And then say, if they were, let us move forward and do a damn thing. Okay. Ain't about whether or not you win the shit. You do the shit. Right. But the American people in Boston say this, and I don't... No. We can chew gum and walk at the same time. The, the majority of the American people didn't vote for the dude in the first fucking place. Yeah, that's true. Right? That do your damn job. Did job. Right. I don't. In sports, the, when, when the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, the other team doesn't just go to, like, fucking great America and not play the game because well, the Patriots are supposed to win. Well, that don't happen. Depending on who you ask, that's what happens. <laughs> Look, Todd Gurley didn't get to play. That's true. Everybody else played. That's true. Everybody else bought out. But like you didn't put Todd Gurley in, it would have been easy if you did, right? You don't just you don't just roll the, the O'Brien Trophy out there and just get it to the, the Golden State Warriors because they're supposed to win every fucking year. Right. Somebody got a plan. Somebody got a plan. Somebody got a plan, right? Right. Get out there and play. Play fucking ball. All right, moving on. Oh, shout out. You gonna give a happy shout out? I'm gonna give a bad shout out. We're gonna do. They they're not related, are they? Say your thing. Oh, shout out to Maria Haddon, the new alderman of the 49th Ward of Chicago. My Rogers Park, well, your Rogers Park alderman, because I don't live in Rogers Park. So I can't be like, you know, my Rogers Park alderman or whatever. Uh, shout out to Maria. I gave a shout out at Captain Marvel because Maria did come to Captain Marvel. I don't know. Um, Maria came to Black Panther last year, right? So she was there then. For the, for the people. Yeah, she was there for, like, Maria is a, like, straight up, like, she's a supporter of Rogers Park businesses. She's been in them shits. She's spending her money out there. She's being out there. She's being seen. She's doing the work. Like, or I, 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 she wasn't alderman before, but as alderman, I believe Maria can do the work. 
that like 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 Rogers Park straight like asked her to do. So that shout out to Maria Haddon. I'm proud of you. Happy to have you. Welcome to the neighborhood, even though you've lived here longer than I've had a business. Well, yeah, longer than about the same time I had a business, I guess. You've lived here more years than I've lived here. I've only lived here like one year. You know. I spent one year living in Rogers Park. <laughs> I don't live here now. Maria's here. And she's great. Maria's awesome. So I'm shouting out to Maria Haddon, 49th Ward, new alderman. What's up? Good shit. Good shit. Your alderman is not a good shout out. A shout out to Ebony Lucas, who ran for alderwoman of Fourth Ward, which is where I live, and lost to Sophia King, who is a shysty, shysty motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was gonna ask you what's your ward and what's your alderman. Yes. Um, Eb- I, I went to go early vote, and Ebony Lucas was out there, and I shook her hand. I said, "I'm definitely voting for you because your opponent is shysty as fuck." Her opponent, you know, on the south side, we have a different thing. We have a different kind of mindset there, where if you have an incumbent and the incumbent is a Democrat, you pretty much vote for them. Yes. Over and over again. Sure. Shout out to Ed Burt, who's under indictment, who got the feds don't, on his don't ass. Don't be up under the jail. And won anyway. Shout out to Ed Burt. Yep. Who's shysty motherfucker you. Um, but but Ed Burt's ward, aren't, his ward's not full of people where it matters what happens in the ward from a political standpoint. Right, Edbert's very ward are a detached ward of people whose lives don't change no matter what. He's the alderman for like the Streeterville neighborhood, right? Like Streeterville, Streeterville. Yeah. You know what I mean? Streeterville going Streeterville? It's going Streeterville, right? People like Streeterville the way it is. You vote for the guy you perceive that made it possible for you to live in Disneyland. Disneyland for Viagra fans. With a bigger um, Whole Foods. Yeah. And with, and with the bowling alley. Sure. Um, but if, yeah. Yeah, good times. Um, anyway, precisely as fuck. Um, it took us a year to get our trash can, and we still don't owe the land we live next to. Is that the land that you're allegedly your across the street neighbors hid your television in when they broke into your house allegedly no. and allegedly stole said television? No, not, yet. not, not yet. on the other side. That's on the other side. Okay. <laughs> no, I say allegedly. No, it happened. They, said, they, well, they, they didn't catch me. But allegedly, because yeah. Because they haven't been accosted in the court of law. Court. No, actually, the we're talking about the um, slice of land that our the, house the, is fenced the, in. Yeah, yeah, the, the long piece of land. We don't own that. Yes, yeah, yeah. We don't okay. own it. But it should have been part of what was bought when it should have been when the spot was bought. Then when we had a meeting with said all the women. She said, "No, we're going to build on that because we want density." By Chicago law, you can't build a a housing structure if the if the area, if the frontage is less than 13 feet, right. it is 12 feet. Right. So because of it, because it's, even though we told her that, even though, oh, well, and she gave us the, well, maybe the house next to you is built too close. Like, they're not going to move it. <laughs> they're going to pick the we house up. Some in. HGTV shit. They're just going like, to jack the house up, move it back like Barnwood Builders, like a foot or two. Give you some extra room. Just so they can now keep in mind, we live next to three empty lots. You do, but they wanted just in case they want density to put a house between us and our neighbor, who's twelve feet from a wall. No, you're not. Stop it. Yeah, this ain't New York. You're not gonna build a nine foot wide house. We, we ain't doing it. <laughs> we ain't doing it. Yeah. But we still don't own the land. She shy sees hell. She actually was trying to figure out what we do so she can like. 
hey, if you do this for me, I'll do this. I'll expedite this kind of oh. thing. Yeah, because he shakes his hell. And her husband went up, went up the went up the river once already on some felony shit. He's out though, but she's apart from her husband. No, you're not. No, you're not. Your husband got caught on some felony shit. Guess what? I hope you get caught on some felony shit. Shout out to, to janky-ass all the women. Shout out to the South Side in general. That's how, we do, that's how we do shit on the South Side. Still fucking annoying. <laughs> I said something during my, my impeachment talk that just killed uh, Lanfair. <laughs> I'm glad I could entertain. <laughs> Shout out to my friends from high school. Some of my friends from high school are just dopest damn human beings I've ever met in my life. And I've, I've lived a lot of years without thinking that I could actually say that out loud. And it turns out there's a few people I've connected with over the years, like five of them, who are really quality-ass human beings. And in Masani Lanfair is one of those human beings who got me through some dark-ass days back in the day. That kid is solid. Truly fucking great human being. Boom. There we go. Baseball's coming. Baseball's coming? Baseball's coming. Baseball's coming. I, I shaved my winter beard. I did not. When spring... You never shave your beard at all. You yeah. got this. I keep the I keep the goatee. See, that's the thing. So, my wife likes this. I don't really come. She face likes be the cold. Grady situation. Like you, 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 you got a Sanford son situation happening right there. You don't ever. You never. T- you take this off. You don't always have this. I don't. You right. go, you, so I don't. You go. You got the Malcolm X. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. But this winter, I decided because my face got cold. Okay. To do the whole shit. Don't tell your wife your face is cold. Next thing you know, you be doing some weird ass shit, and you got some Grizzly Adams kind of thing happening. Because she be trying to tell you how to keep warm. You hide the coldness. You keep it in here. Don't, don't tell her. I didn't say that out loud. Okay. And she's not here. Oh, wait. She is. <laughs> she is on the. She, hi, she hi. is listening. <laughs> she going to get home. I'm going to get home like, don't listen to Terry. <laughs> Terry going to fuck you over. <laughs> you got pneumonia listening to Terry. <laughs> but this is, the first, this is actually like the longest I've let my beard grow. All right. So I just don't feel I don't feel good about this whole thing back right. here. Yes, yeah, so say that shit. Yes, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, yeah, at this Come point, but, uh, it's spring. It's, it's forty. Yes, it's forty, and white people out here. It was twenty two when I shaved mine because I shave every year when pictures of catch the report. I would be I would be more clean shaven through here now, except that spring like like Chicago winter held on extra long this year. I was still holding on. Nah, like, this is fine. I, I could ride my forty. I could have ridden my bike here today. In four, yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah, sure. There's no ice. Because it's 40. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Am I wearing pants? I'm good. No. Not wearing pants. Correct. This is fun. Okay. This is okay. This is Chicago out here right now. This is normal I'm a, Chicago. I'm going to let you rock, but 40, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's your time for you to actually enjoy the sunlight and get I all enjoy like this, I enjoy black hippie about it and shit. Because we have no sunlight. That's fake sunlight today. No, it was actually okay. No, no, but it was it was it was the It's better than the twenty degrees, the, the sun's out the sun's out, and I'm like, my <laughs> California kicks in, like, oh shit, the sun's out. And I go outside, oh, I freeze, and I Chicago's go, This alive. is bullshit. Chicago's lying to you. How did I move here? Why the am I The sun still is here? up, but it's not looking at you. The sun it is up and its back is towards but, you. But, but on the on the on the on the ride up here, like I you know, I didn't feel cold. Yep. The sun was was beaming at me through the train. People were on the, you know, I had my headphones in. Doing my thing, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm fucking with this. I'm good yeah. with that. But yeah, fuck on, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm do the this. The part of baseball season that's gonna really like like mess with people is Chicago fans got really up in arms baseball wise, thinking that they were gonna land one of two big one of the two big free agents, Manny Machado or Bryce uh, Harper. 
and there was no chance it was gonna land either of these dudes. And, and there's sometimes a thing happens in sports where the 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 fan base is being tweaked by the ownership, making them want, wanting to make them believe they're in on something they're not in on, right? <laughs> this was totally that. I mean, that's how you involve the fan base. You have to know that this particular situation is one in which there the the ownership went so hard making you think they were going to do this. The minute you heard one of these players wanted $300 million, right? The Mac deal, yeah. At the same time as last year, the ownership told you they were selling off all of your pieces to do a rebuild. How does that make any logical sense at all? They signed this player's brother-in-law. Yeah. They signed his best friend, yeah, yeah. right? And did not give the dude the $300 million. He wouldn't play for the Padres, who are never trying to win anything. Ever. The Padres, they, it's, it's a sunny city, right? It's a, it's a baseball park in which, honestly, is a baseball park that if you are a great hitter playing in San Diego, you're at a disadvantage. The park is so large, it's a pitcher's park. It's not meant for hitters at all. It's not. The dude well, just wanted his $3 million so it was built and for, sunshine. It was built for Tony Gwynn, but Tony Gwynn hit between third and short. Yes. Totally built for that. Totally, yep. totally built for that. Also, they have fish tacos. Oh, that I've heard of the gym. Uh, that I've heard of the gym. So White Sox fans are very upset because they didn't get either of these two players. Bryce Harper said within his own division, he's now going to be a Philly. And the Chicago White Sox are still going to sell off parts, right? Which I think is still the right thing to do. I don't think it's the wrong thing to do. I think the wrong thing was to say, we're in on free agents when they want to rebuild. So just rebuild. Get it done. Don't worry about ticket sales. You can't. You, the White Sox are not sell tickets. The White Sox would just flat out say, come watch a ball game. Our food is delicious. Yeah, our food is delicious. Because their food's delicious. Food is delicious. There's a dude walking up and down the stands at, 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 at <laughs> I'm going to say this out loud, Kaminsky. Guaranteed Rate Park. Nah, Kaminsky. With a margarita thingy on his Yo, back. My wife He's got a margarita. We've been looking gun. for that cat. I, I can't find him. Maybe last year he wasn't there, but he was there the previous year. Oh. And you, it's a good point to make because that's what sold me on even going to the park. Yo. They had a margarita guy. I went. I went to fucking uh, Sox Yankees game. Yeah, it, it was house night. Yeah, um, but I was looking for the margarita guy. So I feel like the Chicago White Sox would be doing baseball fans a favor if they simply said, "We have great amenities. You're gonna love getting buzzed here, and we'll also play baseball." <laughs> In the background, do that. We'll do baseball. that until your young kids are ready to be good. Then you've added good baseball to it, right? Cubs, on the other hand, have fucked all that shit up because the Cubs like found out that the, the guy, the Cubs, the, the Ricketts money mark who sold off a million fucking shares of TD Ameritrade in order to get the Cubs $400 million to buy the team. Like, that dude had a bunch of his emails released, and they were all racist and shady as all hell. And now the, the like, Tom Ricketts trying to uh, separate himself from Joe Ricketts, but lesbian Laura Ricketts is like, I know my grandfather's an asshole. That's why I keep giving money to the Democrats. Yes, but Sinclair, Sinclair Broadcasting jumped in with like, you want a Cubs station all to yourself? So the Sinclair Broadcasting thing is Jack, but it's also okay, right? Because Sinclair, here's why it's okay. Um, Sinclair Broadcasting as an entity itself is generally conservative and right-wing. Yes, that is a thing. But in their broadcasts for sports, this does not come up. Okay. Right? Because what you what you say during a broadcast, you can say. They did do a thing in their newscasts for their news stations where they tried to make all the stations in their newscasts read, the do, read, read the this same, statement, same. Yeah. but WGN News did not do it. Right? So I can I can say that Chicago ain't about that bullshit. Right? Maybe. But like, hey, look, if you wanna if you wanna 
fire the beloved, like, you know, like Cubs broadcasting crew, fire the beloved Cubs broadcasting crew. The White Sox will hire them, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that they'll still get jobs, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, you will know. Like, I don't, it's not like I don't think that a lot of Cubs fandom is racist, you know? So having a Cubs broadcasting network that is themselves, like, racist and right-wing and stupid, that doesn't change shit for me. I'm a Mariners fan. I got my, my team has its own fucking issues, right? But I think that you guys as Cubs fans out there, if you think this is the worst possible thing about, like, being a Cubs fan, like, somehow you got a racist broadcasting network, you the dude sitting next to you is a prick, right? The Cubs, like, you, they're, they're, their fan base has been built on dickishness throughout all that losing, all that damn time. And if you believe that when the Cubs won and they were out there, like, carrying a trophy around and they were just all that hugging and loving it, all that hugging and loving it should happen as long as you look like a lot of people who are out there. Like, I know a lot of people who were like, huh, this ain't what I thought it was going to be. Because it was never what they thought it was going to be, right? The Cubs have their own racial issues in Chicago and have had them for decades, right? Sinclair Broadcasting, it's just unfortunate, right? But as a revenue stream for the Cubs, I accept that that's a thing that's positive. It's a good revenue stream. But as a social thing, oh, it's jacked. And it was never not going to happen, right? But when you go into Wrigleyville and people have a couple beers in them, they start telling you what they really think about shit. So it ain't like the racists just got here. That's true. You know? The racists was here before Rizzo. They was here before uh, uh, Joe Madden. And they was here before Chris Bryant. Right? The bleacher bums weren't the bleacher bums because they didn't have jobs. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, aware. Ask me, ask me which ballparks in Chicago I've ever had to go to and leave with gum in my hair. Okay. So, fuck all that shit. We can't act like, like now suddenly we're worried about the Cubs being racist and racism being involved in the Cubs. Cubs fandom got its own dumbass, dumb dark-ass problems. There's a whole lot of people who are now huge-ass Cubs fans wearing Bryanton jerseys and, and wearing, like, Baez jerseys who ain't from the South Side, who ain't from the West Side, who ain't grow up nowhere near a brown person, right? Who, who ain't, who, who, there's a whole lot of Cubs fans running around talking about if you're in America, speak English. Right? A whole lot of them wanted to get near that trophy. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Y'all worried about Sinclair Broadcasting? Shit, y'all better worry about what the hell's happening in Waveland and fucking Clark Street or whatever the hell at that bar down the block. That shit you hear that dude saying next to you as he's getting a fish taco and he's drinking an old style. You check that motherfucker before worrying about Sinclair. Sinclair's got a bigger broadcasting system, but that asshole woman that seat next to you in that bar in Wrigleyville, he's been a dick for 40 years. And counting. Check him. And counting. Or her. Or her. Hmm. Being right next to Boys Town, being homophobic is all shit. Uh-huh. I might have said some things. <laughs> Let it be said. <laughs> I could go longer. <laughs> like we bay in the wire. You know? For another, for another sandwich and some tater salad, I can go a few rounds more. <laughs> fucking Cubs fans. Y'all want to talk about racism? Shit, y'all worried about Sinclair broadcasting? What, just because the motherfucker holding the antenna racist? Really? That's the problem. Okay, right. The motherfucker pulling your beer might be racist. Might be. Okay. Motherfucker handed you that ticket might have been a dick. Them cops all surrounding the fucking place trying to keep the wrong fucking person out. Protect the fuck out of Pearl Jam, but don't give a shit about actual fans. All right. Holla at you. What's next? <laughs> Um, let's see. Basketball is ending. I don't give a shit. Um, I, can, I care only I know because you do. I, I care in that basketball playoff time I actually enjoy. 
Like, it's not even the inevitability of the Warriors versus whoever. It's the drama involved in all yeah. those things. Right. Right? Like, these things are entertaining to me. Basketball is professional wrestling in, like, longer shorts. You know? Like, I like that. There's so much drama involved in the NBA right now. Right? Yeah. They have, they have the same problems any other wrestling company has. They have trouble making new stars. They have to create storylines to shit on somebody who's been doing a perfectly fine job. Just have a storyline for two weeks. Right? They put really great players in really bad positions and then go, how, how did this ever turn out bad? What could have possibly happened here? Right? I saw someone today is like, some, some sports pundit today is like, perhaps the Lakers should trade LeBron. I saw that. Like, the fuck? Really? Yeah, we're just making shit up. Yep, just making things, literally making things up. We can't get there fast enough. Um, I was rooting for the Loyola Ramblers, and this, the, the, uh, the Missouri Valley Conference tournament was this weekend. They did not win their second game. So there would not be more, a lot more sister gene on, all on your TV that, sets. That, not, you know, that, won't, that, that won't happen. But, like, I did meet Lucas Williamson, like a guard from the team. I met him in a Dunkin' Donuts across the street <laughs> the other day. And I hadn't met any other, like, basketball players, you know? Like, I d- d- did not, you know? Like, I don't think I've met, a, like, a, a professional basketball player in one's college professional since Dallas Comedies when I was in the sixth grade, right? Wow. <laughs> like, Mark Aguirre when I was in the sixth grade, I met them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was cool. Like this is cool. He was a cool kid, right? They like, just get himself. Yeah. He was getting like a like a ice a ice coffee and a Dunkin' Donuts in the Red Line train station. And I knew he was a basketball player because he's one of the tallest humans I've ever seen in my life, right? In a giant bag on him like slides. And I was like, yeah, okay. You must be a, you must be a basketball. Like I know I think I might have said something to him like, you're on one of our sports teams here at Loyola, aren't you? Because it could have been on a track team. You have long ass legs and do that shit, right? Like, you know, could have been. Track people aren't really that tall, but you could be. Yeah. I didn't want to assume people assume you're on a basketball team because you're tall. That happens. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to assume that. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted him to say it. Okay. You know, and then I didn't want to be like, oh man, I've seen all of your slam dunks and your behind the back crossover dribble teleport moves, right? <laughs> Hit the B button. I didn't want to be like that, right? So I had to be like, <laughs> like, what's your name? Because I didn't know his name. You know, like, did he look familiar? Sure, you look familiar, but like, I've watched some games. People look familiar, but like, 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 if I seen him and three other people who are six five walking down the street, I would assume they're basketball players, and I would think I've seen them play. But I'd be wrong, right? So I'd ask, him, "Was Lucas Williamson? He's a nice, he was a nice dude, All right. you know." And he like we talked for him, like because you got crossing Sheridan Road, you can die, right? So we had to chat for him and make sure we can get across safely. That's true. That's true. And I wished him luck. He was like, "We're gonna try to do it again." Like, thank you, fam. My business needs it, you know. But I appreciate the effort, son. You know? Right. You know, and the fact that Loyola made a shit ton of money on you, you wouldn't make a goddamn thing. Okay. Around here, I don't think that's quite the same issue. Right? It is an issue because of how the NCAA does work, right? But, like, we're not a big money television contract school. That's true. Like, we're not Missouri Valley. Right, right. We're not Duke. We're not Kentucky. We're not Arizona. Right? We're not Kansas. I get get that. That, Yes. But in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get that. You didn't get paid anything. You got you, your your career, your chosen profession could have been put in jeopardy by you doing that work for the school to make that school money. Because had you had a second NCAA run, for sure this is what we're talking about, right? Because now you're you're not Bradley or like 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 Creighton, you know, Creighton or those places anymore. Like that becomes a different conversation. You're, you're like you're yeah. Um, you know, um, um, I can't even say mid-major. That's well, very valuable. And, and, really and this program, this program for Loyola is good enough, right? Like, they started off not, they started off kind of slow and ended up basically winning 
their they were the top team in their conference. Yeah. And they just didn't win their tournament. Had they won a tournament, they're in, right? Yeah. They're not gonna I don't think they're gonna get that large, so that's not gonna happen. So I'm not gonna wood, it could happen, but not gonna happen, right? But like the truth of it is, the the more years of success you have, the greater you get to use that in promote in, in, in recruiting, right. which gets you to sustain success, which gets you to the point where you can really exploit your players if you're appropriate. Right? And that exploitation comes from taking advantage of the success that other people see in the money that comes in from that. That's the industry we have. Pay these kids. Really comes down to pay them. They're professionals. They are professionals. They came here or go to any school in order to further their career. No one is going to go to the University of Kentucky or North Carolina or Duke or Florida State or or any of these like these big these schools these to factories. play basketball. These faculty, they are factories. No one is going to these schools for basketball or football. No one is going there just to have a leg up in a geography program, right? No one is going to do all these things for biomechanical bio engineering, right? You, you'll just go do that if you're going to go do that. You do this thing because your chosen field is that athletic thing, and the school wants that to be your thing. They want that to be your focus. They want you to be the best at it you can, right? They just don't want to pay you for the name on the back of the jersey doing all the fucking work, taking all the fucking risk, right? Right. Zion Williamson's injury... Right, a couple weeks ago, is the greatest example of why it is there should simply be a paycheck. If the school's making money, you should make money, and everyone should. If it's softball, tennis, golf, track and field, tobogganing, like biathlon, I don't care. Pay them because that's why you brought them here because you want a greater recognition of whatever that sport was. I don't care if the percentage for track and field is lower yeah. than for basketball. It doesn't matter. You brought them here for that thing. Right. right, you want them to practice doing that thing, yeah. take time off of school to yeah. do that thing. We have you tutors because we know you're not going to study like the people who are here to do that thing. Or even if you are going to study, your, your, your schedule is different. Yes. Your life is different, right? Pay them. Give them something. Because if you're going to penalize them, if I buy them a pizza, right? If I buy them dinner, they're in trouble. If you're going to penalize them for simply living on campus, yes. you should pay them so they can live on campus. So, I have a nephew now at Notre Dame. Yep. Um, going into sophomore year, we went out to went out to South Bend. Also, I will say this, and my oh, wife and my in-laws will laugh at me, like, fuck Notre Dame. Oh, fuck Notre Dame. Um, but my nephew's doing great. Um, straight A's, taking actually not shit classes. He wants to do business after, after school. So, the thing was, is that, we're thinking like he hasn't seen the he's, he's he played he they didn't register him his freshman year he actually he got in the games did well did very well for the limited playing time so they like okay you you know and the guy in front of him was a senior so now he has a chance to be a, be a starter play every day play every play every weekend the thing is though is that we know he's there for he says I want to do business and we know that I know his his degree from Notre Dame Notre Dame's not a bad school academically. So we're good with it. Yep. The thing is, though, is that and we've already come up against, we've already gotten this, where all he has to say to certain people in certain places is that I put on this gold helmet. They're like, what you need? Yep. You need a job? You need an yep. internship? There are people who are willing to open those doors. So in that way, he's not getting paid, but these opportunities are opening for him. Yep. Now, this is, like I said, it's a smart kid, head on the shoulders, raised right, all that good stuff. He is working his system. Right. What about those kids who go to Kentucky? Like, you know what? I'm not here to play. I'm not here to play sports. Right. I'm here to play ball. 
Right. And then, but Paul is all they got. Yep. You get hurt, ain't seeing no health insurance. Six. Yep. Ain't seeing nothing. You have a shitty major. You can't do nothing with. And they're like, you can only go so far. Like, hey, you know, I put on the helmet. This yeah. actually, this, this, this kind of also dovetails into another thing that, like, I didn't realize would be a topic, but I do want to talk about is that there's a player in the NFL who just decided, like, uh, who just decided he is leaving the NFL. He got suspended for weed. He smokes weed. So he got suspended. Josh Gordon? Uh, no. Josh Gordon's, Gordon, I think, smokes anything you put in front of him. Yes, but it's, it's a Dallas Cowboys player whose name I forget. But he got suspended uh, indefinitely because it's, it's not his first offense or second offense. It's like his third offense or some shit like that. And he missed all of he might have missed all of last year. So he decided, fuck this, I'm leaving the NFL. This is bullshit. And he decided it's bullshit because from his point of view, all I'm doing is smoking weed. But what he said was, and this is how he said it, might not have come across quite quite right to people, but what he said made perfect sense to me. I'm smoking weed because I'm hurt. this is the thing that works for me. Okay. I enjoy doing it, yes, right? But I'm not taking that stack of pills, right? I'm not taking those shots, basically, right? I'm the, yes, he is, because of what is happening in this league to us, they want us to kill ourselves, right? And I don't want to end up like that. So this is the thing I do. But I'm demonized for this thing that I do. But if I follow their plan, it's going to be bad news. And when I heard, uh, um, his nickname is uh, Marcus Spears, his nickname is Swagger. When I heard Marcus Spears say that, when he was playing in the league, in his first couple years in the league, he had like uh, I think he said he had like five, four or five toradol shots in one knee, right? Without without knowing what the he didn't know for five seasons what the effects of toradol were on his body, but his knee in his rookie year, second year, rookie year, second year, his knee had no cartilage left in already. And he had no idea what the effect of this shot was going to be on his body. But the league kept giving him the shot. So he kept taking the shot, right? Had he known what this was going to be doing to his body, he probably wouldn't have done it. But they don't tell you what it's going to do to you. Yeah. They want you to get your ass back out there and die, right? There is no case made in the NFL in any serious measure for medical marijuana usage, right? For any kind of holistic health care at all, it is... It is these things are verboten, these things are acceptable, but the things that are acceptable feel like they're acceptable because pharmaceutical says, yeah. do this thing with us, we got you, right? When somebody steps outside of that and says, yo, I'm just going to talk up and smoke it because now I can function, yeah. they're not on the field high as kites. They ain't out there trying to be like, you know, they're, not, they're not being method man and, and red man on the field. They're not doing that. But for the damage of, of NBA players I've met, for the shit they've said that like, or NFL players, for the shit they've said their bodies feel, right? I wouldn't want to wake up feeling like that at any point in time. And when you got to keep working, that job is what is it? Like the training camp is, starts at like the beginning of August. Yeah. Like OTA starting before that point, right? Yeah. The preseason is August. But they're, they're doing work mm-hmm. June, July. And if you make the Super Bowl, that's February. Yeah. Right? That's a lot of space. For somebody to be running their ass up against you. And if they ain't hitting you, you're still running. You're still jumping. You're still hitting something. There's still work, wear and tear being done. There's a mental strain too. Right? No one wants to talk about the actual mental health aspect. All these NFL players are getting in trouble for everything that you know comes down to mental illness. Right? And no one wants to talk about the literal mental illness. Like, 
Someone, I saw a report today about NBA players discussing um, happiness. Uh, NBA players, this is the, Adam Silver was saying, this is the year where he's noticed so many NBA players are just flat out unhappy. They're all, the social media is getting them down, and they're just wearing their, they're just wearing their headphones. They're all together in the locker room, in their phones and on social media, just in their headphones. No one's happy. Motherfucker, what do you see that should make them happy? Right? Like, yes, they're in the NBA now, but you've made their lives worse. And then you get the assholes who are like, give me your money, and then, then, then I, I'll be happy. Like, it, that's not like that at all. But we've in this society we've equated money to happiness. We've equated if you got if you're success if you're successful and you're together, then you should be happy. What is what right. do you have to be unhappy about? You got all this money. Money is right. happiness, right. right? Right. Right. But there's always one asshole in the comments who are like, but if you gave me fifty three million, I'd be happy. No, no, not necessarily. No. If I gave you fifty three million, you couldn't possibly spend it all. So you you're not even you're not even actually experiencing fifty three million. Right. Yes, you have a better car, better house, better clothing. You live in a better neighborhood, yes. But everything else that surrounds your life is something you can't deal with right now. Right. Right? Probably everything works. else. Probably works. You, wouldn't be, you would not be able to deal with the rest of that. There'd be more money in your bank account, and you wouldn't know who you could trust around you at all at any given point in time. You would have no free time to yourself. Zero. Your schedule from 4 in the morning to 10 at night is mine. Right? All of that is that. You wouldn't even know if the woman that you're laying next to is actually your wife. I could replace her. I could replace her tomorrow. I could, t- tonight you're married to your wife. In a, in a month, I'll have you dating some other pop star who don't fucking talk to you. Right? Because the way it's supposed to fucking go. Yeah. Right? I can make your child, I can put your child on TV and make her a bigger star than you. True. Right? <laughs> in three weeks, I can do that to you. Right? Who the fuck's happy with that? You know, you're not happy. You don't know what happiness is. Happiness is is the security to know that you're in control of your life, yeah. right? And your soul is safe, right? Keeping that shit. When you watch people like 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 Dennis Rodman break down, or the modern day Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green break down, when you watch these people like have this shit happen in, in, in games, when they're just out kicking people in the nuts, happy people ain't got to be kicking their opponents in the nuts. That's not a thing. What? Well, at least not a thing you. Probably don't have repercussions. For. Well, I mean, like, but but I have to recognize there's no repercussion for it. So now I'm gonna act out on this impulse, right? When, like, I don't want to realize that my my literal reality I live in is not like your reality. That's weird enough. But when I can get away with some things, and I must do them just for the attention. At this level, when millionaires get to acting like that, and you just say, "Well, you got millions. You're a millionaire. You should be happy." That ain't how that works. Mental health is not equivalent to bank accounts. Those things don't matter. Right. Because if that shit were the case, Michael Jackson would be writing self-help books right now. Right? Achieving Nirvana. Yep. Ooh. We ain't talking about that. We are not talking about that. <laughs> I used Michael Jackson as an example in a tweet today of, of people talking about like body dysmorphia being like a thing that like like they don't understand and how could you be unhappy, blah, blah, blah. Just you got to love yourself and shit. And I was like, man, Michael Jackson might be the greatest example of dysmorphia in the history of mankind. And whenever we talk about Michael Jackson, we never discuss that. We talk about things around it. Yeah. I've made the joke that he used to be black. Black Michael Jackson was amazing. I've made that joke many a time, right? But I never talk about it in the context of dysmorphia. Correct. I agree with uh, in Masani Lanfield right there. NFL simply sees players as slaves. And not only do they just see players as slaves, but they've come out and just kind of stated it. 
They've literally said it many times. This has come out already. This has been stated. Go do this thing. Go get my money. Or inmates. Yes. The inmates are running this out. Yes. Yes. Go get my money is the attitude there, right? You work for me, yeah. right? Everybody. Owners. We're painting We're painting. Uh, um, um, Ant- Antonio Brown, formerly of the Steelers, now of the Ra- uh, Raiders. We're painting him like a crazy person to quit on his team, right? Well, if you if you actually listen to what he's saying in his oh, interviews, he aired him out. He he basically says that they're they're referring to us as children. You know, they're referring to us as slaves. They're referring to us not as employees and partners. We're not in a partnership with these people. Right, right, right. And the, when the organization comes out and goes, we don't care what our quarterback does. Right. We don't care what he says. Right. Everybody else is accountable except him. Except him. Right. And so he came out. Le'Veon Bell came out and says, "Oh, it's my fault." Right. But he gets to throw me under the bus. Right. But I can't, I'm not, I didn't want, I wasn't the one throwing the ball. Right. I wasn't the one handing the ball off. My job is to take the ball from you. Right. Or get, catch the ball you throw me. This very argument, this very argument in sports is an argument in which someone is trying to make a logical argument, right, to deal with an illogical situation. <laughs> right. That is what they're doing. They're basically, they're trying, to, they're trying to be treated as adults and equals in a system that is effectively about slavery yeah. and, and manipulation, right? And it's and about exploitation, right? Yeah. And you can't do that. So this is where we get back to pay these kids, right? Because if you pay these kids now, they have an understanding of what they're worth before they get to be working for that dude, right? But that's going to cost problems too. I don't give a fuck. I know, I know you don't, oh, okay. but right. I know the owners have right. a vested yes. interest in not Correct. letting you know how good you yes. are. Yes. Not letting you know how valuable when, you would when, be. When Compton, California comes into my locker room for the first time on a professional level, he needs to understand he is still Compton, California. He's only here because we chose him. We pulled him up from the NWA album he grew up in. We pulled him up from that, that sad Tupac song we pulled him up, you know, up front, right? If that and dude... He should, and he should be grateful for where he is. That dude could choose if he were paid at the, at the, at the college level. If he were paid, he could choose not to go to the pros, you know? He could choose to go to Canada for the health care. He could play football in Canada, get the health care, right? And now, just not get paid the whole time, but nah, whatever. You bank your money. Like you a firm financial decision could be made true. for you and your family. That's true. It breaks the whole fucking shit up. And I would love to see that happen. I will be looking for it. Alright, is that it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You're right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben. Episode 29. 29. 29. 20, I can't believe 29, son. Congratulations. We in it. We in it. Of Stacy High. The Black Man Podcast. That's your boy. This your boy, though. I'm just going to say this motherfucking Terry Gant on Third Coast Comics on Sharon Road here. 6443. Boom. Like what he say? Cross from the new target. New target. <laughs> Cross from the new target. Cross from the new target. Come visit the man. Holler at the man about some comics and things. Particularly about comics. Particularly. Yeah. You know, but also things. He knows some other shit, too. Yeah, but also things. He knows some other shit, too. I'm just Troy Hunter. I'm just you want to talk on the internet. I got you. I'm just on the internet. That's your boy, Troy Hunter, a.k.a. Ill Gates, a.k.a. Tall Black Guy on the internet. I'm just out here. I'm just out here just trying to do what I do. You know what I mean? And we, together, are continuing to give you more of the podcast you love. All up in your head. All up in it. I will proceed. And continue to rock the mic. Good night, everybody. Thank you on Facebook. Thank you for listening to us. It will be on iTunes and all that good stuff. 
Thank y'all. We out. <laughs>